to episode number 77 of the Whatevery Show. Not loading at all. No, I'm not, usually. Uh, I do whine like a bitch sometimes, though, I gotta be honest. You have to take pee pills? I, no. Maybe. Maybe I should, I don't know. Um, anyway, we got a lot to talk about this week. We have Probably a new Spider-Man trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we have Matt pouring his very first beer, or at least uh, it looks like it. Sorry if you folks can't see that at home. Uh, it's got more head than a uh, drunken prom date. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Uh, we got another one this week. It's it's a whole lot of trailer. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Venom movie rumors. We've got some Fox Sony rumors, basically. Uh, DC. Big news out of DC this week. Uh, Batgirl. We'll, we'll talk about that uh, coming up shortly. We're going to talk some TV. we got Supergirl The Flash and the usual uh, cavalcade of crap we watch every week. Um, comic books. Matt's going to uh, probably complain because I didn't read Unworthy Thor and Humans vs. X-Men yet still because they suck. And um, <clears throat> he's also going to take us through some uh, planet uh, slash world war Hulk, which should be fun because I don't think I'm reading a lot of uh, Hulk and haven't been for a long time. So these are old comics; these are uh, several years old at this point. But I, I decided to reread them. This actually took place at the same exact time as Civil War. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Cool. The, um, oh yeah, because that's where that's where Banner was. Well, uh, if yeah. if you actually read both series, they actually both start out with the Illuminati um, book that. Basically, is the Council of Reed Richards and Tony Stark and Gotcha. Yeah, and cool. uh, both that one book leads into both storylines, which is actually a really kind of cool way to do it. So we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get there. And then, folks, we are on the eve of WrestleMania, which means we have to talk wrestling, uh, which I guess is kind of becoming a mainstay of the show anyway. But uh, we got to talk some wrestling tonight. We have some big news in the the you know I just by God, that's all I'm going to say. By God, by God, uh, by God, I'm clipping. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk NXT TakeOver. Um, I was not fortunate enough to catch it in time, uh, but Matt and Ryan Bailey, who's with us this week again, uh, were fortunate enough to watch the NXT TakeOver event tonight, and they're going to take us through that a little bit, and then we got cool. our WrestleMania predictions coming cool up. The cool thing about NXT uh, TakeOver is that um, versus a three- or four-hour pay-per-view, this is only two and a half hours. Um, they only do like four of them a year, or not it's not more than many more than that if they, if they do more um and it's it's very wrestling driven i mean there's storyline involved but it's minimal comparatively speaking to, to what you see on tv every week yeah um, if you enjoy the athletics i think you probably are going to be into um, nxt a little bit more three matches that we'll probably talk about at length did they even this. have a backstage segment no they don't they didn't have any promos or any backstage segments yeah i don't remember any it was yeah. just wrestling match after match yeah yeah. So, All right. Cool. We'll, we'll 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 take you through the good and the bad from NXT Takeover Orlando. All right. Stick around. Okay. So let's open up. We got some tech news. Actually, I don't I don't think I mentioned this in the pre roll, but we got some tech tech stuff to talk about. Which uh, we're not a tech podcast, but we do joy and generally enjoy tech. And this is kind of neat. So uh, Matt takes through. Um, so one of the things that I use in, in my machines that I build, there's not a, actually, besides my laptop, there's not a computer in the house that I didn't build. Yeah. Um, I like to use parts from Corsair. Lots of people do. Corsair um, makes good stuff. I use their RAM. They make a, a really solid SSD, um, power supplies, cases, things I like that. I think I don't have a lot of Corsair stuff in my build, except for, I think, the water cooler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big one too. They're, they're yeah, water coolers. Water coolers, and they, and they make relatively inexpensive water coolers, um, generally speaking. So, um, which is good because Corsair is also kind of a, a solid quality brand. I'm running a Corsair H105 
Yeah, I think I have the H60, but I'm, I don't remember for sure. So you got the, right. the 120. Yeah. Uh, radiator. radiator on the back. Yeah. yeah, mine's a 240, and it's... Uh, I mean... Humble brag. Mine's no, just a little bit bigger. No, all. seriously, like, it's it's a 240, but it's it's literally a $100 water cooler. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, you know I'm what I mean? Kidding. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not like you're dropping huge money on it. They're, they're, they're sealed units, so it's not... No, there, there. It's uh, you know, if you're not really into running custom, custom piping and all that kind of shit, I'd say it's a pretty solid uh, bang for your buck water cooler. Water cooling is affordable now; like it's not an, an, an intimidating thing, right? So yeah, it doesn't have to be at all. I mean, it's as simple these days as like just installing any other cooler. So yeah, more so, really. All right. So anyway, Corsair. Um, short story is uh, they've got they build quality gear. Um, they've sort of been branching out a little bit into gaming and stuff like that. Like they've uh, been thrown out. They have a Corsair mechanical keyboard, which is actually really nice. Um, that that they put out and they put out a lot of gaming stuff, um, more so than usual. Um, Corsair for a while I think has been putting out really solid looking um, cases too. Um, so anyway, but this today uh, we we got wind or maybe not today, but we got wind this week that uh, they're going to be doing their own pre built gaming rig. Yes. So first of all, uh, their naming convention for it is pretty shitty because the. The term one is being massively overused on the market for about everything these days. Yeah. Um, but this is what this is what they decided in their system. It is the one. I mean, if they're going to call the next one the two, sure. I mean, here's the deal. Can you really have the one when there's like five different models you can order? Yeah, I don't get that. And secondarily, with the whole Corsair thing, you think they 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 kind of need to name it after famous pirate ships. Pirate ships. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, um, or just favorite. Well, I don't know. Uh, um, Corsair don't HMS Elizabeth II or something like that might yeah. not be the best way to go. Maybe I don't yeah. know. We'll I'd, see. I'd be down. Okay. But anyway, um, first of all, here's the thing. Eddie and I kind of we we share a, a slight difference of opinion on this. Like, um, a lot of gaming rigs, pre-built gaming rigs, just look absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah, um, this yeah. computer doesn't. That part we don't share any. Just. Usually, it looks like a, an LED manufacturer threw up onto a machine and then tacked on some Decepticon-looking bullshit. Uh, I, I made the comment that this this build actually looks fairly minimalist. There is LED lights that run up and down it. However, they are not RBG. No. They do not change. Or RGB. RGB. Yeah. Anyway, um, and you can actually turn them off. Like, that's, that's an option. So, um, I... The case to me is really weird. It's it's a pretty small build, all things considered. Considering what's in it, there's not a lot of room inside. Like it looks. I think we were discussing this, and I think we said uh, MITX uh, yeah, build. It's, it's an ITX. Yeah. So it's and it's upside down. Like if you look at the motherboard, like from the back, if you look at the pictures of it, like the writing is upside down, even because the motherboard is upside down. Yeah. Um, GPU's on the opposite side of the computer uh, from it. It's not. You're not really going to be able to add a lot to this because the space that's there is is used. I mean, in, in these small builds, that's usually the case. Like, if you're, um, we were talking about this before the show too. Uh, a lot of people actually do build these kind of rigs themselves. You can actually build some pretty impressively small, like full capable gaming rigs these days, um, as long as you don't go super crazy on the uh, um, overclocking and shit like that. Because uh, really, what you're limited by is cooling. Uh, and you're not going to be able to stick, you know, like eight different drives in there because there's usually like two drive base to work with at the most in these smaller builds, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <coughs> noise is a weird thing on this one too, because it does have an eight gig water cooled GPU. Yeah. Right? 
Um, so you're going to get some fan noise from the, the radiator on that. And the CPU has its own water cooler. Yeah, it does tout near silent in the material, though. It, it It's really weird because it does, at load, make a little bit of noise. But it's at a, it, it's it's within that that audible range that is super easy to tune out to. Like yeah, um, and they had a video. Um, this isn't the video that in the link that we included is not this one. But there's a different video I watched where the the guy that was doing the demonstration had it running at load, and then like the guy in the room across from him was like eating some kind of vegetable, and, <laughs> and you, you could hear, hear him eating over yeah. the over the computer running. So kind of like. Bailey eating cookies during a podcast, <laughs> or uh, 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 you know Bryce. Bryce will be here tomorrow for the WrestleMania show, but uh, the um, you know Bryce's chip chip eating habit. Eddie's going to really try to be here for the WrestleMania show. I'm going to. I'm going to. Um, so anyway, th- this is kind of a cool build. Number one, uh, because we um, this is kind of an atypical, I think, gaming build. Um, a lot of the times, those gaming builds are in these gigantic cases, and they literally do look like a Decepticon threw up all over the case. Um, my my case is a pretty the, good example of that. Yeah, this is this is um, you know, I wouldn't quite go as far as to say minimalist. It's got some weird angles in the case, or not weird angles, but it's got some different angles on the case. Um, there are much more minimal cases out there. Um, especially in this form factor. Uh, but I will say it's kind of intriguing. Um, one of the things we talked about too is that a lot of the reasons that why we don't go pre-built gaming, like, um, well, first off, Matt and I, I think, just both like to build machines. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons why you typically don't go pre-built in the gaming space is because you usually pay like a $500 surcharge to get them to put the shit together for you. And that's not really true here. I think they said, uh, Matt said he was reading and it was priced out. And you, it, this is about $200 worse than than if you built it yourself. Yeah. When you're talking about a, 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 a $1,900 to $2,600 build, depending yeah. on which model Entry you Entry price, buy. two grand, $200 for a pre-built uh, um, surcharge, especially when they're doing interesting things with the form factor that you can't just buy off-the-shelf re- replicas of. Right is uh pretty pretty interesting and, and you know not egregious so i, I think that uh, if you got this kind of money to spend and you don't particularly like uh building your own machines this might be the way to go and even still it might be the way to go because like i said it's not quite off the shelf and presuming that they can keep the the audible noise da- noise down that will probably be a big uh factor over building it yourself yeah because that's one of the things that people that build systems really pay attention to is uh cooling yeah i mean when you're like i bought a huge case when i bought mine mine's a full atx size case and the reason for that is because i like to have as much airflow inside the case as possible yeah secondarily like when trump brings on world war three and you hear the air raid site or sirens going off you and the kids can all just crowd it inside the case yeah and it doubles as a bomb shelter. it does yeah. it does it's got feet yeah and everything so um led ramps that actually lead you to the different parts of the case to, Gra- to hide grab in. the raspberry pi on your way in finally make those lights blink yeah and then that way you get like a nice uh, uh um you know uh you know, like warning warning light slash help me light um it signal the rest of the neighborhood to come save you yeah exactly yeah anyway big case Big case, big case, big case, but not this one. The Corsair one is a is a is a small case. No, one of the interesting things too, they kind of did. I got a little bit of a like steam machine vibe for this. Like it almost looks to me like they started off like they were like, oh, we're gonna make a steam machine, and we're gonna put it on the steam thing, um, because it does have a little bit of that feel to it, just in general, like sort of similar to uh, Valve's design language around steam machines and shit like mm-hmm. that. 
Um, but then of course they just didn't brand it that way. Maybe they're just like, now nah, we're just going to sell it ourselves. Um, because it kind of feels like that. And they do show some of the promo shots where, um, at one point they show it sitting up next to this, you know, nice multi, uh, curved monitor rig, you know, a traditional desktop setup. And then on another one, they're sh- kind of showing it, um, sitting on uh, next to a TV, like an Xbox or something like that, um, uh, with this nice VR sort of surround shit going on. So, yeah. And one of, one of the smart things, too, is they actually have an extendable cable that goes from the video card to the front of the case. So there's actually an HDMI input on the front specifically for VR. So you have extra lead on nice. whatever VR equipment you're using. Um, honestly, this is kind of one of those things that a lot of people are just like, why are they talking about this? These people make computer parts. It shouldn't be a surprise if they make a nice machine. Well, Asus makes wonderful computer parts, but any of your gaming machine that I've ever seen them build has been god-awful ugly. Yeah. I really do think that they, they assume that everybody who ever uh, wants to play games on a computer is like a 12-year-old boy with a, a severe LED fetish. Like, he's going to tell his parents and they're going to be super disappointed. But, you know, the, the way he can show his pride is through the uh, 47 uh, different colored LEDs on the front of his case. I feel like an asshole talking about this because I really do have a giant Decepticon-looking case. <laughs> and I can push a button and change the color of my fan lights and all that kind of stuff. No, don't get me I wrong. It's to. cool. Uh, um, but for me, like, I, I would like to have that kind of stuff on my case as long as I can turn it off. Well, and I don't have your kids. Yeah. Like, if this computer case was in your kids, like, Jack would be just sitting there pushing the button. Yeah. Like, yeah. Until the button fell off. <laughs> yeah. Then you'd have to put a toggle on your desktop. Like I did. Yeah. I Actually, um, I, I probably won't link this in the show notes, but if you follow me on Facebook um, or Twitter, I... I uh, built switches so like i got you know like i was looking at these for a long time they sell these little toggle switches with the missile covers on them like if you're gonna you know like launch a sam or something like that um and uh i i was i bought a couple of them and i didn't know what to do with them so what i ended up doing actually is as it turns out you know like on your motherboard the switch that turns on your computer is just a very simple momentary switch it's two wires it's two wires you just you have can, to you just have to close the circuit for a yeah, second in a pinch if your switch ever breaks on your machine if you know which pins to trip you, you can just take a paper clip and and touch them together yep. um so anyway I, I ran a uh i stripped an ethernet wire out and i ran two wires up and it's like drilled into my desk now so like if you want to sit down on my desk it's kind of like you know you're launching the um uh, missiles so that's fun I might, I might put some of those on my desk just because. Yeah, added benefit of uh, now my kid. And, and by the time I finally got around to doing this, my kid really kind of lost interest in playing with my computer case uh, anyway. But uh, before that, it was like he'd come over every five seconds and like press the CD tray or turn my computer off. So like I'm fucking sitting there playing Skyrim or something like that. And then all of a sudden my computer starts rebooting. Or editing the show. You look down and you see the, the kid there just smiling up like, that's funny. Look at the light blink. Uh, fucking kids. Um, I will remind you. This is the also the same kid that the first batch of beer we ever tried to make, um, he filled with dog food. It's true. So, yeah. <laughs> he's Don't a, get me wrong. Great a, kid, and he can beat my ass at, at uh, Battlefront. But, yeah. you he's know. A, he's a gross, just little scamp. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so. Sometimes daddy's projects aren't as important to him as they are to daddy. <laughs> <laughs> On to Marvel News. Yeah, yeah. So who's excited for Homecoming? Uh, I think we all are. I think everybody here. Yeah. I was Homecoming Prince. Anybody know that? No, really? Senior class Homecoming no. Prince, yeah. That's that's cool, actually. That's, that's... like stereotype breaking. Yeah, yeah. it was. Because when I think Homecoming Prince, I... I, I we don't nope. see you. Just, yeah. Full, dis- <laughs> full disclosure, right? Um, I've got this really good friend named Virgil. Um, And Virgil and his friends were very intimidating. 
<laughs> there might the election might have been rigged. That's all I'm going to say. So there might Virg- have been collusion with with a foreign yeah. entity. Yeah, I was going to say Vir- Virgil's Russia in this case, right? Yeah. Um, I, did did your your other friend is, is he recusing himself or offering immunity in in exchange for talking? No, no, no. okay. That would have that would have gotten really weird if that were true. Um, uh, yeah, like art imitating life. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I legit was Homecoming Prince, but that's not the Homecoming we're talking about. No, we are talking Spider Man. We can talk more about my high school years some other time. Yeah, I was a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> look forward to that, folks. Um, if it, it'll probably be the same as mine. Like, well, I played video mattress, games for you know, four oh, and a half hours and uh, lots of masturbation. Yeah, lots. Yeah, <laughs> lots of that. Um. So Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a new trailer out, and there's lots of stuff in this trailer. In fact, I will slightly caution, if you're super spoiler-averse, you might want to stay away from this one, because they do show... I mean, the, you got a pretty good idea of, of what happens in this movie. You know, now. there's a nice, there's a nice you know, casual peek at the legs, and then there's like, a, you know, the skirt flies up, and you see a little bit more than you think you should have. Um, this this does leave a little to the Save imagination. something for the second date, honey. Yeah, but, but it's not... There's a little bit too much out there, you know? Um, it's, it's not showing Doomsday in your second trailer revealing i mean hopefully but i do think okay okay so we're gonna if if you're really spoiler adverse you might want to skip ahead 10 minutes or something like that because um i think we're gonna talk about the trailer and there are some things that i think are a little spoilery in the trailer okay so ready one two three uh you're fucked now Um, spoiler alert right off the bat aunt may is hot that is not a spoiler she's hot she's been hot since civil war yeah she's been hot since like the 80s i'm just throwing that out there yeah my cousin Vinny. hmm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah if 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 she were my cousin Vinny, the sequel would have, would have been called like my retarded uh offspring cletus or something <laughs> like that. my web foot kid yeah um so this trailer actually uh there's a lot of stuff in here like one of the things that i don't know that i really think they should have tossed right in there is uh the whole iron man ship thing um so when Spidey's trying to hold the ship together, which is very oh, reminiscent of, yeah, like of uh, of I don't know every other Spider-Man movie so far because they're they've got to have that like Spider-Man Jesus scene. He stretches um, himself to the limits and sacrifices all he is for the the people. Yeah, uh, and then you see Iron Man come in and help him. Like I think that that I don't know that we should have seen Iron Man come in and help. Okay, from a purely logistical standpoint, Go the on. ship is still on water, right? Yes. And it has giant cracks all the way up and down it. Yeah. So even if they hold it together, the fucker's still going to sink and those people are going <laughs> to yeah. die. Yeah. So he pulls it back together and it's like... <laughs> yeah. Like, unless he, like, his webbing is, is legit watertight and, like, as soon as it's together, he, like, starts, you know, patching up holes. <laughs> no. We still got problems, guys. <clears throat> I hope I hope there's a, a scene where they're like, well, that gave him time to get off the ship or something like that because yeah. uh, that ship is not staying No, it's it's, it's it's not seaworthy anymore. She's not seaworthy, yeah. Um... So, um, and then I, I think we get a little bit too much of an idea about what the plot is here. Like, especially as it regards, uh, Spider-Man's like character progression. Yeah. I think you get it beat for beat for the most part. Just about. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they were shown out of order. I think there's, there's elements that we don't see that are, that are necessarily in the same order. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it's, it's really easy to kind of pick and choose what goes where and, and figure out kind of the, like you said, beat for beat. Yeah. I feel like line. from the moment Iron Man shows up in the trailer, it's beat for beat. Everything before that could be put in any place. 
in the rest of it. One thing, one thing I'm really going to say is I really, really still enjoy every time I see him do anything like this is when like he shows up as Iron Man and then just stops and walks out of the suit. Like, oh, I know. God, it just gives me goosebumps every time. It's, it's like so e- fucking ever since Iron Man one, they've been like, oh, we got to give a cooler way for Tony to get in and out of the suit. So yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the way that they do that. And, or, you know, um, Iron Man two is redeemable if for nothing else, other than, uh, having the, the, the suit briefcase. come out of the briefcase and just sort of form around him. Yeah, that was all right, but it was like, that was like Mark IV Lite, yeah. you know, like the briefcase edition. Um, and then like Avengers, he had that weird contraption that was on the like platform at Avengers Tower and he would like fly into it and it would take off his armor for him. Yeah. And then we kind of have like steadily, now he just like walks out of it and leaves it wherever it's standing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do like, like the, he d- he takes off, his, like he's like the weird house guest who just walks in and takes off their shoes, even though they don't know if that's like the thing you do here. Um, except for he does it with an Iron Man suit in the middle of Manhattan on a rooftop yeah. or something. The only thing that would make it better is if he had a little fob and it was like, whoop, whoop, when he was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another, um, no, I think I actually well, probably one of my favorite Iron Man suit scenes is, uh, I think he's falling or something like that. And he uh, catches the, what is that? Is that three? They uh, they do that little spe- no. It's it's Avengers. I think this the scanny cuff thing. Yeah, he's got the, the scanny cuff thing. The first Avengers where Loki throws him out of the building. Yeah. And he oh yeah. Yeah. Falling. Yeah, and it just kind of forms around him. Anyway, Iron Man suit's pretty badass. I want an Iron Man suit, even though they're completely physically impossible. Especially yeah. like when I mean, I'd walk around in it, but I don't think I want to die by turning my brain into gelatin. So I probably won't fly too much. No. You've also got all the suit changes in the final act of number three yeah yeah well iron man is just it's one of those things that they just did right from the beginning like i love and my daughters love it too like we'll crack up every time like the scene when he's in his garage and he's testing like the the repulsors <laughs> on his feet he just like <laughs> launches himself into the wall above the the cars let's like, try that 10 percent thrust yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's enough to kill you right there but yeah uh he should have died a lot actually maybe that's his superpower yeah um he's like secretly on un- un- the he's the, human the like, guy from unbreakable yeah um uh Anyway, let's, let's talk, talk Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, so Spider-Man, um, he's got some tech in this one. He does. So Stark like, tech. Stark sure. tech, obviously. Uh, we know that Stark gave him the suit if you watched Civil War, and if you didn't, uh, please just go watch it. Uh, but if you watch Civil War, we know that Sp- uh, Spider-Man gets a suit from Tony. Uh, but there's more web tech in there, too, than I think we're used to seeing in Spider-Man. Because um, right now, most of the web tech is, you know, like, web shoot, and they do exactly what they've done forever. Uh, but this one, you see, like, this weird sort of, like, throw angle sort of spider bomb web thingy yeah he did the, sticks a guy to the wall that was pretty rad yeah like there was like the scene in particular in the trailer there's um there's some arms dealers on a ferry or something and yeah he beats a couple of them up there's another one that's running from way behind him somewhere and he like shoots the side of a car with his webbing and then as soon as the guy like gets next to it it just goes Plop! and like sticks him <laughs> to the wall it was it was kind of cool like i really hope that they make a decent game out of this because there was a lot of like oh that seems like a good video game mechanic like i think what you can do spider traps so there was one good Batman game before the, the before the Arkham series came out, um, and it was for the Super Nintendo. It was Batman Forever for the Super Nintendo, and the only good thing about it was that you could upgrade your weapons, your components yeah. for your utility belt and whatnot. And I think that's a really cool concept that they could incorporate into a game like this, where you have like these different web things that you can do. They just they got to get me back a game with um, Spider Man 2's like swing mechanic. Uh, Because I could just swing around the city all day. 
Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun, fun game. I still have it. And that was one of the games, I think, where they actually sort of got right that, um, like, he has to swing from something. Yeah. Um, It wasn't perfect, but... Uh, Spider-Man 1 for PlayStation, you didn't have to swing from something. No, like, you, you just... just and it right was in like, the middle of a... Uh, swinging down Fifth Avenue, not attached to anything. Yeah, or just out in the middle of the... the you know, like, there are some low building areas where you could just go, you know, flipping web out into the sky and swing along just fine. These days, depending on what side of Fifth Avenue he was swinging down, like, he'd be arrested by Secret Service, so... Yep, yep. Well, Baron needs to go to a good school. God knows there's none of those in Washington, here's, D.C. Here's the deal. I don't even care about that. Like, like he's got a learning disability or whatever, and so, like, his teacher's like, you know, it would be very bad to remove him in the middle of the school year and whatnot. I can respect that. But you're running for president, you really gotta plan ahead for these things. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just the whole, eh, the taxpayers will pick up the bill, it's fine. Yeah, or that that uh, the amount of money that we're spending to have that happen as taxpayers is like precisely the amount of money that uh, Donald Trump wants to cut for the you know entire like arts and and uh, educational spending and the stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and then there's then there's you know the twelve golf trips in nine weeks. Yeah. You know, it's funny because one of the things I've noticed there is like anytime Trump says anything critical of anybody else, you can basically assume he does it. Because, uh, like, he projects just a lot. I'm not going to go on vacation. There's too much work to do, except for every weekend I'm going to go somewhere. Yeah, or when he was criticizing Obama about all the golfing he does, uh, because Obama played, like, two holes in, in the, you know, eight years he was president, and instead he's been at Mar-a-Lago, like, every weekend for the last uh, eight yeah. weeks. Yeah, no problem. I mean, here's the thing. I don't give a shit. Being the president is a stressful job and whatnot. Like, <coughs> I I imagine it's it's a good good thing to do to get out there and escape just don't fucking slam somebody else for doing it and then go do the exact same goddamn thing or or, or just completely lie about going to golf like because he, he lies about it like the way like tim taylor on on, on home improvement does it's like i'm not gonna go to golf and then you see him in his golf clothes like five minutes later he's like my day is so full of meetings and then you know he's like carrying his bag you know? might as well be fred flintstone convincing Wilma he's not going bowling that night right yeah yeah, yeah. uh except for with the american people and we're not all retarded and that joke's only funny if you're born in the 60s, probably. But, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. So Spider-Man Homecoming? I'm for it. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to this. Even even knowing what I know about, you know, from the trailer and whatnot, like, I still think it's a really solid film, um, or going to be a really solid film. You know, as much as I do think we got a little bit too much of the, like, general uh, plot of the movie in Ooh, the trailer. We didn't trailer. talk about Keaton as the vulture, either. No. Looking all leather-faced. Keaton? Um... I, I saw this comment the other day that said, uh, now he's just getting typecast as birds, which was <laughs> awesome. He went from Batman to Birdman to, uh, to the Vulture. To, to the Vulture, yeah. Um, flying animals, that's all Keaton can play. Um, he looks awesome in this. He does. Um, first off, I, I've always been kind of a Keaton mark uh, ever since Batman, because like, when I was a kid, like he was Batman, and I was just like, holy shit, like, this guy's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, he went on to go do other things. And I was like, well, why is Batman in multiplicity? What the hell is this? Um, I was 11 when Batman came out. Yeah. But then, like, when I saw on the news that it was going to be Keaton, I was like, why is Mr. Mom going to be Batman? <laughs> <laughs> See, I did not have that experience. I didn't know who Keaton was at all. Um, and then I think he did Beetlejuice. Did he do Beetlejuice before Batman or that after? Was, that was before. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, I hope they keep him around. Yeah. As, as a Vulture. villain. I don't want them to kill him off. I hate I hate it when they kill villains in comic book movies because like you there's so much potential, him. and especially having somebody like Keaton be a villain. Well, I mean, if they're gonna do Sinister Six, Sinister Six, um, like we've been talking about, uh, he, he's got to stay. 
They got to keep so. them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and but but again, how do you do that? Because Sinister Six is an all Sony project. This is an MCU slash Sony thing. I got to expect that Keaton stays on the MCU side. Well, you know, I think the thing is, is I think they're going to, um, for those types of things, I, it's got to be in their contract that they can uh, sort of cross pollinate a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. I really hope. Did you see the April Fool's joke today that, that Marvel Cinematic Universe's Facebook page put out? Huh. No. That Stallone and, um, or Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville, Lex, yeah. and Stallone were playing Silver Surfer and Galactus in the new Infinity <laughs> War movie. <laughs> okay, Stallone, I don't get. Rosenbaum could be cast. As the surfer, yeah, I think yeah. he would be a good, yeah. a good surfer. But uh, you know, it's obviously not going to happen because they're still those are still Fox properties. Yeah, but still, still own as uh, a Galactus would be a hilarious. Uh, yo, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Like me, uh, this might sound mentally irregular, you know, but uh, I'm gonna eat your planet. <laughs> Very good. Um. So anyway, Keaton looks pretty awesome in this, and uh, I want to see him go on and do Sinister Six. So, I don't know. Like, you know, this is this is going to get even more depressing as we keep talking, but uh, Sony, Marvel, get your shit together. I think it's it's, it's really sad that, that, like, DC's really guilty about killing villains. And then, like, they go out of their way not to kill the Joker in the Dark Knight. <laughs> How did that work out for them? And yeah. then, oh Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a bummer. Um... Anyway, so uh, more Spider-Man quasi-rumors. Venom movie will be filming this fall, described as a horror sci-fi flick. I really think that's the right way to do Venom if you're not going to merge and be an MCU. Like, you can't do it if you're going to be an MCU type thing. Um, The Venom movie, I think, I I, I can't, don't quote me on it because I don't remember where I heard it from, but the impression that I got was that because of the overwhelming success of Logan and Deadpool, that Sony was like, Hey, you know what? We can do a hard R. Yeah. They're like, okay, quick. What can we make this hard R? And, and they're still on Venom. So, um, I think, I think out of the properties that they still have, that's probably a good one to do. The only sad thing is that our only exposure to Venom so far is through the fucking horrible ass, um, uh, Spider-Man three movie. Um, which you know, if you're going to go into a hard art, like they're going to have to distance themselves pretty hard from that. So you mean you you don't think uh, Eric Foreman's going to get recast? I don't I don't think Foreman's going to be in that. No, I don't think so. I'm also not sure, but I don't think they're going to have like tap dancing Spider Man be the lead in for that. They're like, well, the Venom you know, the symbiote came from space where it bonded with Peter Parker, who then decided to tap dance his way into trouble and play an amazing jazz flute. Yes, or something. Yeah, is that what and that was? All the chicks knew he was badass because he could play a jazz flute solo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some you gotta have to. You're gonna have to assume that like a band nerd was writing for that movie. I really feel bad because that was Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, <laughs> like that's her name, right? Bryce Dallas. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you, that had to be how that went, though. So like the band nerds like pitching his idea and they're like, so then he tap dances his way in and plays a jazz flute solo. And then like, everybody's like, that's not how we're fucking doing it. That doesn't happen. And then somehow he like won a bet or something. I don't know. I think, I think, do you remember the scene in Jay and Silent Bob strike back where they're filming, uh, 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 Man? No, the, uh, the sequel to, uh, the, the Affleck movie. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting too. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, they're they're filming Good Goodwill Hunting too, and they're, they're like trying to get direction from from the director, and he was just like counting piles of gold. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think that was like Sam Raimi, like was just like having sex on a giant pile of money, yeah, and they're like, and so like, we're gonna do this yeah. dancing thing, and he's like, close the door on your way out, fuckers, yeah. like <laughs> tap dancing flute, whatever. Yeah. yeah, um, bring that flute in here. I got a girl who digs that. I'm gonna you know? I'm gonna tap dance my dick across your face if you don't close that door and get out of here. <laughs> Uh, uh, titles? No. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Venom movie, hard R. I think that could work. Um, we haven't really got to see the dark side of Venom at all in the movie universe I so far. I feel like you have to establish the character before you do it, though. I'm a little afraid of that, too. I think they could kind of get away with it. Um, what will be interesting to me is how much they tie Venom to Spider-Man. Um, because that is sort of like a uh, one of the critical steps. Like the symbiote comes down, bonds with Peter Parker. Peter defeats him, and then Venom basically comes out of that in in all continuities. Yeah, it's pretty much. I, I don't know if the symbiotes necessarily take on the spider properties without Venom having bonded with Peter Parker. Yeah, that that would be a little weird too. So, um, but anyway, the symbiote itself, like I could totally see that being like, a, like I'm picturing what a horror m- version of this would look like. And that could be totally rad. Um, I just think they got to tie it to Spider-Man somehow. And I just don't see how um, the symbiote's going to fit in with our current spider property. I'm also going to have to ask that you read the new Venom. I did book. read a couple issues and it's not bad. Um, You've got to read through issue five though. Cause okay. it's, it's the very last panel of issue five where you're like, <laughs> Jaw to the floor. Yep. Yeah. Okay. In our next news, uh, what the fuck, Sony? Where's the jingle for what the fuck, Sony? Because I think this is going to be a, a new segment. Well, what the fuck, Fox? Um, I think is probably a mainstay of the show already. So yeah. I guess we could do two what the fuck segments. Yeah. Um, well, what the fuck, DC? What so, the fuck, DC? Actually, has become like a pretty relevant. Uh, that's just yeah. the DC section now. Yeah, Although just, today we have good DC news. So yeah, yeah. Um. So what the fuck, Sony? Um. Yeah. Uh. Former exec from Sony um, intimated this last week that uh, the partnership between Sony and uh, Marvel slash Disney is probably not destined to last uh, beyond what uh, um, is already down in the pipe. What we're already contracted for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I think is dumb. Yeah. You can only assume two things. Number one, um, they hate money. And number two, they hate the fans. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the only way I could read that is they were like, well, Sony, Sony is sitting there and they're like, we haven't put a rootkit on anybody's computer or leaked uh, these horrible rumors uh, about the shitty things we did to our female actresses lately. So why don't we go fuck over Spider-Man fans? You guys do anything this weekend? No, let's go yeah. fuck over the Spidey fans. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like one studio did something extremely stupid and they're like, well, nobody's going to top that. And Sony's like, hold my beer guys yeah. I'm going in. <laughs> I got this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, we had a lot of discussion about this before we actually started recording, which, you know, is stupid because we do that a lot, but um, it's, we talked about a couple of different scenarios that, that, that can play out that would make this maybe make a little bit of sense, but like they're all predicated on homecoming failing. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, um, otherwise, otherwise, you're basically letting Marvel like make movies for you, and then you're distributing them and raking in piles of cash. Like, I don't understand like how this is a bad thing for Sony. Yeah, especially because they get um, if they let Marvel keep doing what Marvel does, they they basically get this almost guaranteed paycheck. Like. Um, granted they could go off out in the wild and try to make another, you know, fantastic four movie or something like that. Cause that's worked out for him so far. No, that's Fox. No, it's Fox. It's, um, 
it's the, like it's like amazing spider-man they could go continue that um it's like if if you worked as a as as a wrestling talent for wcw in the late 90s you would not always get booked for shows or pay-per-views and you'd be sitting at home and literally get checks for not showing up at a pay-per-view yeah That'd be pretty sweet. So, like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of what Sony's do. like. The heavy lifting, I think, is all on Marvel for the most point, part, at least from this deal as we understand it. Like, they're the ones, you know, kind of doing the story and making sure that happens. And I think, it, you know, Sony's got distribution. I'm sure they're splitting the box office in some fashion or another. So, I guess Sony could be looking at this and saying, "Man, we could be getting all of this money, except for Sony. Stop being retarded. Get your get your head out of your ass." You you could be doing that, Sony, if you had made good movies. Yeah, if you were the one, you know, coming up with this and were able to make these films and make them as successful as they're going to be and tie them to the whole rest of the mcu and get the massive rub that you're going to get from that then you could be getting this money but you can't do that uh you've shown repeatedly you can't spider-man 2 was 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 a good movie yeah um and i didn't hate the amazing movies either although amazing Amazing 2 2 was was cringy in in a few spots but it had some bright spots too like i really like the kid that played uh harry osborne yeah, Harry Osborn was cool. I actually like Garfield, Garfield as Spider-Man 2. We've talked about some of the characterization issues I think we had with that movie. Um, but Spider-Man 2, um, sorry, Amazing 2, had a lot of the same faults and flaws that I thought that they had with um, Spider-Man 3 in that uh, some of the dialogue gets cringy and just just stupid. Um, like a lot of the Electro stuff in there was just straight hot garbage. I was super, um, super fucking uh, proud of the fact that they took the Gwen Stacy character and... and to her penultimate death scene. From so the was like, I. I thought that was pretty amazing. Although, again, this is another thing that I don't know that I entirely agree with. I, I would have pushed that into the movie. That would have been three for me. Uh, um, and, and that would have been a major arc. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean, were I mean you're never going to hear me argue about seeing another movie with Emma Stone. Yeah. Maybe that would have been an arc for uh, Amazing 3 had it been a movie that got made. Um, but because they effed up so much of the stuff in, in uh, Amazing 2 um they just you know it was a lukewarm response i think from the fans and um, we were ready for something else so is it weird that emma stone got typecast as like a poor man's Lindsay lohan and now Lindsay lohan is the poor man's Lindsay lohan <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird um i don't know i guess hollywood's only got like room for one redhead at a time i guess and and, and it damn sure isn't fucking uh what's her name who was mary jade <laughs> no kirsten dunn's had her time kirsten in the spotlight yeah spotlight that is yeah um she had a lot of time in the spotlight I, I keep forgetting that she was like the little kid from interview with a vampire like that kid's been around for a long time she's not a kid she's older than i am i think but yeah she, and she, she still was. does she still works i'm pretty sure yeah no she does she, uh, does. she just hasn't been anything i know ma- she did that massive. awesome third sequel to the crow did she <laughs> well i mean you don't go anywhere uh, but down from there i mean yeah yeah um to be fair david Boreanaz did the next now, one so I don't know the contract <laughs> details between the Marvel and Spider-Man thing entirely. Yeah. Could Sony keep using Garfield as a Spider-Man to create their Venom world if they wanted to not, and just let Marvel not do their simultaneously thing? while Spider-Man is being featured? I'm sure they've got some clause like that. Like they're both not going to use the character at the same time. What I could see happening is let's just say somehow Homecoming is a complete flop, which don't that's not going to happen. This is one of those films no. where it's like uh, you don't even have to put out anything like. All you have to do is not completely turn fans completely off of the idea, and you can just say Spider-Man movie, uh, March 2017 or whatever, or you know June 2017 or whatever the hell is coming out, and people will go see it. Like you don't have to do anything; people will go see a Spider-Man movie just because it's a Spider-Man movie. Um, so I, I don't think like 
there's any chance that the movie's going to flop. But if it were a complete flop or just crashes hard, then I think there's probably got to be some sort of exit clause for, for Sony. And then at that point, um, and presumably they wouldn't, uh, they would still recast. Like they would go, you know, we'd just get our 15th Spider-Man reboot in the last, uh, in the, the aughts as it were. Yeah. Um, and we didn't talk about these two things much. I mean, we, well, we, one, we didn't talk about it at all. We did talk about Sinister Six a little bit. Um, my understanding of that one is they're going to try and redo the Sinister Six, um, from scratch, a la Suicide Squad. Well, that worked out for well for DC. So yeah. sure. Do so, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, unless they're going to get Margot Robbie to play a character. I don't think they really got much going for him. I that. really kind of honestly wonder if like, um, it's like sometimes DC and, or not, uh, yeah, maybe DC, DC and Sony, uh, or I guess I would say Fox and Sony, like they both look at each other fail so incredibly hard and they're like that's a great idea we should do that you there's know? there's zero lessons to be learned from this guy so let's just move forward no yeah um, sony, sony was like man we should have canceled firefly you know like, yeah and then fox is like you can't with our show <laughs> yeah but they're just like oh, all right fine just cancel we'll buy it for me just so we can like, cancel yeah again. yeah no um the other one we haven't talked about at all is is their plans on moving forward with the black cat and silver sable movie which that's gonna be really weird to me i didn't even know they were doing that yeah, they introduced us to Felicia Hardy in um, Amazing 2 because she was part of the they Oscorp did. board. I did know that. Or not part of the board, but his assistant or whatever. Yeah. But, um, other than, otherwise, we have zero exposure to these characters at all. And so I'm wondering like how far down the road this is. Because and those you, are super not household names. Like, those yeah. are not just in, like, uh, we're going to talk about a DC property that everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I know a I mean, little at least I mean, about maybe that. you can get away with doing like a Guardians of the Galaxy thing where people are like, oh, that's a really shitty comic book. I hope the movie doesn't suck. And then it turns out it's wonderful. But, yeah, but I, these are weird characters to, to try and do that with. And Sony, only, you know, that's the other thing, too. Like, Sony is missing the part of what makes Guardians a success. Like, first off, it has to be a good movie, which Guardians was. But a big part of the thing that got Guardians to work Chris out and Pratt. do that. Oh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Chris Pratt. Um, no, a big thing what made Guardians work is that it was a Marvel property. And by the time they put out Guardians... Marvel was basically like, oh, yeah, I can go see that. And that's going to be a good movie. Like the yeah. worst thing you could say about a Marvel movie at that point was it was mediocre, you know, like but it wasn't like you're going to walk out of the theater feel, feeling like you wasted your 10 bucks or whatever. And Sony just doesn't have that. They don't have that track record at all. No. And honestly, I had zero confidence in Fox to do anything right with a comic book property until Deadpool came out. And then they did Logan this year. And they're starting to prove to me that like maybe they're starting to kind of get. Well, they did do X two and Days of Future's Past as well. X two is 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 good. Days of Future Past was amazing, but like, they've made like literally nine X Men movies though. Like, they got two of them really right. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they still miss a lot about what makes the X Men like X Men under Marvel would be a completely different thing because Marvel, um, like they don't use a lot of elements of the characters that they really should. Uh, that that's kind of a sad thing. Like, um, the the Fox version is all always a little bit like, um, they're like, let's put them in black suits. This weird artist interpretation thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think <coughs> the black suits was the worst part of it. Um, but there's just aspects of the movies in general and the teams that they choose to use and which really, X Men they to feature. To me, I would have like really, really liked to have seen Scott Summers, like especially when that came out. Like, if we'd have gotten to see Scott Summers with the hair sticking out in the visor and the blue suit with the weird pouches everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, I wanted to see a comic book on the screen. And what we got was some characters that played characters that we're kind of familiar with, but then they wore black leather suits to go do things. And 
See, like, I, I don't think the suits for X-Men work as well. Like, Spider-Man has has a, you know, the ultimate classic suit. Um, it, it, it looks good. It looks like exactly what you want out of Spider-Man and does not look stupid on the screen at all. I don't know that that's true for all the X-Men. Yeah. But I do think they could have adapted something very much, much more similar to what you'd expect the X-Men to look like. Like, um... You know, Wolverine suit is probably the the most egregious example of something that I don't think would work well on screen. But they could have done something close or much closer than just like generic. Uh, Wolverine leather. had a couple different costumes to choose from too. Like if you didn't want to do like the bright yellow and bright blue suit, like you could have gone with the more like weird two tone yellow brown thing. Yeah, it was that like he had uncanny or something like that. That yeah. was that was from uh, was that the Claremont series? I don't remember, but yeah. yeah. But there, there's lots of different ways they could go on, and I, I just think that, um, you know, aside from just suit and costuming, there's other aspects of the characters that I just don't think they quite nail. Like, I don't really feel like, um, and, and I think they're they're kind of lucky in this regard because Logan is probably going to color how I see Wolverine for the rest of forever, but they don't really quite nail Logan, or nail um, Logan until the Logan movie, I think. Uh, I would argue with you that what we saw in days of future past was probably a really good representation. Yeah. Um, what we saw of him in apocalypse, which wasn't very much cause he was just, it was just him escaping from the weapon X facility. That was straight out the goddamn comic book. That looked yeah, fucking that was phenomenal. But there was no character shit on his head. And there was and no character there. That was just him berserker. Loving. Right. Yeah. Right. But like, there are so many things that they got right. And then like, it just makes no sense that the things they got wrong, they got as wrong as they did in some in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Deadpool had Colossus for a movie and did a better job with Colossus than the X Men have ever done. Say, yes. See, like that's one of the more egregious things. Um, Scott Summers. I mean, I, I I can't help but think that nobody got dicked over harder than Scott Summers in in this X Men universe. Yeah, they really they really kind of started off making him kind of an unlikable prick from the get go. Yeah, from the beginning, he was uh, almost completely unlikable. If I had and, to tell her that, she wouldn't be my girl. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody talks like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of things that they don't get quite right with these movies that I feel like if Marvel did. Like, when I watch the uh, the Homecoming trailer and what we've seen of Spider-Man so far, I feel like they've got a lot more about what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man than any of the previous properties do. Um, and that's in their one outing with all of 10 minutes of screen time. Uh, um at the very most so like um I'm, that's what excites me about seeing you know uh marvel adapted or worked on uh property for for home from homecoming and like i just can't help but think like what a better world we'd be in if somehow a similar thing came about with fox and uh marvel and fox worked together on making x-men really good you know so yeah all right uh moving on agents Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Jed Whedon says the series is planning for a fifth season. I think I'm only four episodes behind now. Wow. You've had like a month-long break, too. Yeah. Yeah. Has it anyway. not been on for a long? It, no. Oh, I'm only two episodes behind. Okay. Yeah. Because so, I, I, I just realized that the other day. I'm like, wait a minute. This says I'm only two episodes. It's not been on. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I got to say, guys, I don't know that I'd plan any major cliffhangers this season anyway, though, because as much as they say they're planning for a fifth season and they may, they may, you know, they're probably going to do a fifth is, season. There is kind of a cliffhanger on season four. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, Angel was planning mean? for a sixth season and yeah. that didn't happen. So. I'm just saying the ratings are not great for the show, um, especially not for a broadcast. 
Um, and I don't think it's going to be like a, they're going to move it to the CW type of situation. So um, I, I don't think that they should. I don't should... think the CW is taking applications right yeah. now. I, I think the smart move here is to plan it like this may not be their, their, their the, plan it like this might be their last. I hope it's not. Um, but I don't think that this is going to be a show that has a 10 season run. For fuck's sake, give Daisy an out so that we can see her on, on Inhumans. Yeah. Uh, that would also be a super good move. And, you know, actually, the other thing that I would really like to see if they did kill the show is um, get Coulson back in the MCU proper. Um, that almost has to happen, right? I, I'd hope, but I don't know they're they're going to. Why wouldn't they? Like, he was one of the shining moments of Phase 1. Like, like every time he showed up, I was just like, hey, it's Coulson. Yeah, because, I, you know, I don't know at this point, because I just think, like, you know, the, the uh, Coulson dying was, like, the motivator for the Avengers in, in Avengers 1. They don't and need motivation like, anymore. Yeah, now they're just like, hey, it's been, uh, you know, five movies or something like that. I guess we don't care that Coulson's dead or back from the dead or whatever. How about the motivation is uh, fucking Thanos? Yeah. Like, that'll work, right? That would be, that would be actually, okay new wet dream scenario um they uh everything's going to shit in infinity war thanos is kicking the crap out of everybody and colson shows up with his fake hand shield thing dude and he's dude, like stop doing that it's not day. actually a wet dream if you're actually masturbating <laughs> yeah i'm sorry uh so anyway uh jed whedon <laughs> says we might get a fifth season of agents um but joss said we might get a sixth season of angel so take it yeah. take it for what it is whedon's aren't exactly known for uh predicting joss joss is their... sitting back looking at his brother going <laughs> sucker <laughs> way Ooh, to go newbie good segue though yeah because um, we're gonna talk about joss whedon in a minute we are but first we're gonna get another beer i was mentioning something about the spider-man trailer to eddie that i really loved was the aspect of the mentor yeah. with tony stark in spider-man and yeah. him saying about the suit that he doesn't deserve it if he's nothing without it, then he doesn't deserve it, which I thought was a little n- nice nod. Not to a great movie, but the aspect of him fighting through whether he's Iron Man or does the suit make him Iron Man, and him going pretty much without the suit that entire movie. And you know that's really relevant, too, because in the, the Planet Hulk stuff that I'm reading, um, I just read there's like a four-issue arc of She-Hulk that happens um, in... And the order that I read it in kind of put it between Planet Hulk and in uh, World War Hulk when he returned, but it actually was probably happening simultaneously with Planet Hulk, uh, where Jessica doesn't know that Tony was one of the ones that masterminded firing Bruce off the planet, <laughs> um, and like he's he's talking to her, so they're in bed together. <laughs> Because, oh, because in this in this particular incarnation of She Hulk, she's she's, you know, she sleeps around, and she's literally like laying in bed in her underwear, like with Tony, and she's asking like, why is it that he sleeps all with all these women, and like he's just considered a playboy, and like she sleeps with all these dudes, and she's considered a slut, you know, like what's that it's unfair, and then like something happens aboard the helicarrier that they're on, and like they have to jump into action, and he's like, hold on, I'm going to get my suit on. She's like, see, case in point, like I'm just going to have to run around in my underwear. And, like, you get to put on your costume. And he was like, yeah, but your powers, like, are yours. Like, you have them whether you're wearing clothes or not. Like, this is my power. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not a superhero if I'm not Iron Man. It's so. sort of like the DC trailer. What's your superpower? I'm rich. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. So, speaking of DC, in DC News this week, Batgirl by Joss Whedon. Um, six to midnight for, like, the last two days now. Dude. Okay, so like, Joss Whedon, um, we we here are huge marks for Joss Whedon. Uh, we love everything that he's ever touched, basically. Um, 
Some of us have actually watched all of Buffy. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so we're big fans of Joss Whedon. Um, one of the things that uh, is not unique to Joss Whedon, but is certainly uh, something that Joss Whedon does that not a lot of people do um, very well in Hollywood is write strong, uh, you know, interesting female characters. Believable. Believable would probably be the key like, word, I think. Like, and I'm going to talk about Buffy quite a bit during this discussion just because, like, this is... It's it's his penultimate series that he did that really shows what he can do with a female lead. Um, because if you believe that somebody can be a vampire slayer, like he wrote a series that made it believable. Like there, the dialogue, the things that happened to her, like you get to see her like have sex for the first time. I mean, you don't actually get to see it, but like it would have been a way better show. <laughs> <laughs> then I would have seen it. No, but you get. You, I mean, you you see the aftermath of that, and like. The whole thing of Angel after turning Matt, back in the whole thing of Angel turning back into an evil vampire after they do it is like a, a a metaphor for like what young women go through, like when they are talked into having sex by their sleazeball boyfriends. It turns out that really are sleazeballs after they they do it. That's deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Joss is he has a way of presenting like female problems from a female perspective in a way that doesn't make you choke on feminism see you know i think the thing that's interesting about this is that i think that uh what joss does is so incredibly stupidly simple that it's going to sound ridiculous when i say it but i think the thing that he does is he looks at females at like they're people um and he tends to write female characters like they're people and then everything else just kind of works out yeah um so women used to be counted as half a person or something like Which that. Which I yeah. guess is better than if you were black where you were one fifth of a person. Yeah. Um and and Joss, you're saying, treats them like they're a whole person? Yes. Oh. And and for Joss for Joss Whedon, you, if you're a woman, you get to be a whole character. That's weird. Yeah, it is no, it's very strange. Buffy's really not the only place you see it. Like, um it, if you've watched either of the Avengers movies, like there's a different take on uh natasha romanoff than you see in other avengers movies as well like she's definitely presented like you see more of her especially in in age of ultron like you see a lot of her her background and like what makes her tick and um well i mean his tv series i think are the ones that you get more exposure to this generally um but two things i think that joss whedon does extremely well is he can deal with an ensemble like nobody's business like firefly works so well because he has such a tight ensemble of characters and he manages to show them just the right amount and use them in super effective ways um and the second thing is and like i said i, I really do think it's as simple as when joss writes a, a female character he writes to her like she's just a person like a lot of the characters when you're uh, talking about any sort of uh story you don't really necessarily always have to pay attention to the sex of the character. I mean, you can put whatever on after the after the fact, and I think Joss does that. And so, it, like, if look you at, switch genders in a lot of Whedon's properties, it would still make a lot of sense. Look at Firefly. Inara is genuinely a hooker, but she's also one of the characters that you feel the most compassion toward throughout the series. Like, she's a legit well, good I, character. And it's and that even that is not like the stereotypical trope. Like it's not the pretty woman trope where it's like, no. oh, you know, she's a, she's, a, she's a prostitute with a heart of gold. It's like, well, they he did something different with that whole idea. Um, in that you know they're like revered, like the companions are revered in society rather than you know sort of like shunned. Even though Mal doesn't really go for it, but she's like, no, seriously, like this is what I do for a living. Like, see, don't, but that's, don't fuck with my but, bottom line, pal. That's like, what I love about that too, because it's like even it makes Mal like 
Mal's kind of a space redneck, like yeah. when it comes down to it. Brown coats. Uh, brown coats, yeah. Um, like he's, you get the, I kind of get the feeling like there's no slaves involved, but I kind of get the feeling that like Mal fought for the Confederacy. I just, I just like that the whole, like the way that he portrays women, like the women that he writes and directs and, and produces on, on screen, like they're women that can be humorous and talk about things like sex and whatnot without it being abnormal sounding yeah. like Kaylee's always talking about having stuff twixt her legs. You know, or not having had stuff twixt her legs in however long. I don't remember. Ain't nothing exact... twixt, my, n- twixt my nethers that weren't run on batteries. Yeah, something know, like yeah. that in, in however long. Yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> I love Kaylee. Anyway. Everybody does. <laughs> um, so I got really excited when, when this happened. And I believe, and these guys are going to back me up on this. Because I totally called it before there was another article about it. But I said, man, I really hope they adapt some Gail Simone stories from the New 52 that yep, you did you did that you did and then it turns out that that's exactly what they're planning on doing yep it looks that way um so i i should mention this isn't exactly 100 percent final it, it's no, pretty he's likely. not signed in the, on the dotted line yet but he's been in talks yeah um but it does look we're, like we're getting a little bit of new 52 barbara gordon um which is kind of cool assuming this is i mean we're very much in the rumor stage here so this could all be bullshit in a, in a week as we've seen with our you know batman coverage over the last couple of uh months but um i mean didn't they rumor nightwing not long ago yeah nightwing's on the docket um and i think that's actually fairly solid that that's going to happen um yeah, but, with, a, uh, with a, a director tentatively attached yeah um but anyway this link we have in here says uh from heroic hollywood says this film is going to feature an edgier new 52 version of batgirl um or barbara gordon actually is, is you know we all know and love her as um so that I think will be interesting too. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting ways I think they can tell the story, especially if they manage to tie it all together. Like th- this is the other thing too. Like, are they going to tie these together? Like, are we going to get a little bit more like of the bat family finally? You know, I'd like to say yes, but this is DC slash Warner brothers we're dealing with. And who fucking knows? Well, I mean, maybe because doesn't Ben Affleck not want to play Batman anymore. So in Dude, I don't well, know. see, so, when that all stuff was happening, Ben Affleck was in rehab. So I don't know what Ben Affleck wants now that he's not in rehab. That's true. But say they say he does want out, and instead of doing the Batman movie, they do a Nightwing movie, leading Nightwing into becoming Batman. No, they are doing Batman. Oh, they are. I mean, unless the Batman's happening, unless Ben dies or like there's a huge breach of contract. Yeah, he wants he'd to have to breach to get out of that. Of They're not going to let him out of it, especially with all the work they put into it with the director shenanigans True. and the rewrites that they're doing and all that other kind and of it's, stuff let's just face it it's too big of a property to not get made. and, he's, and like, he's still contracted to do justice league 2 as well so and too many people like him as batman to he's fucking live. phenomenal as batman I, I mean i don't think that because somebody's good at something necessarily stay. means that you have to stay if you're not into the role like yeah robert downey jr like if, at some point he's gonna walk away from it we're gonna have to get used to it even though he's he is the penultimate tony stark like i don't see anybody else it's going to be hard to beat. You know, I mean, we get the same problem. And, and I, I, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything for a few years yet. But what are they going to do post Jackman Wolverine? Uh, my preference would be Laura Kinney. I, I think we talked about that I, already. I, but yeah, we've talked about that. And the way that I want to see him go is go Laura Kinney for a couple of years and then bring back somebody else to play Logan. And, you know, um, maybe they do an even better job. I mean, there's nothing like. Um, Somebody could there come are... along tomorrow and be Tony Stark and be way better at it than, than Danny Jr. ever was. 
I don't, I don't like nothing's impossible, but like there are things that are improbable. And oh, and don't get me the, wrong. I, I'd still like if you ask me who my Superman is, it's still Chris Reeve. Um, but uh, that does not mean that uh, you're not going with Tyler Hecklin. The no, sorry, <laughs> the, the handsome British guy. What's his fucking name? Uh, handsome British guy. Oh, the, the Superman oh, that we Henry have now, Cavill. Cavill. Yeah. Cavill. Yeah. Cavill actually is a also a phenomenal Superman. So, like, uh, that's one of the nice things about this is that like you get to see what awesome things that all these guys bring to the table. Um, and you know, a lot of people would say the same thing. Like, it, they loved McGuire Spider Man. I I didn't really, but I really like what Garfield did. Dick, and Dick Donner's Superman though was was like leading edge. Like we didn't have superhero movies before that, really. Like Dick Donner did something with a comic book property that nobody had ever done, um, and its its entire tagline was like, "It, it will make you believe him. a man yeah. can fly," and it did. Yeah. And then now we look at it, and obviously, like the effects and whatnot don't hold up. But Chris Reeves was an amazing Clark Kent slash Superman. Like he did he did both things really well. He really was. In fact, there are some of the things that I like that's one of the reasons why i think he's kind of the penultimate superman for me is because the the way he does clark kent versus the way he plays superman is just uh, it's so night and like one of the biggest jokes in comics is like oh let me just put on a pair of glasses and nobody will know who i am and you you can almost believe that with the way that he plays clark versus the way that he plays uh superman honestly i was joking about tyler hakelin earlier but like the little bit that we got to see him be clark kent in the supergirl series like he does kind of the same thing he's not as good at it as chris reeves but he's still like he definitely paid um homage to a what chris bit, reeves yeah. did yeah for sure and he was he'd be way better at it than i thought he was going to be in all seriousness he's too short still but like no i mean he, he's physically not really a great superman to me honestly the, the guy who would have made a much better superman for supergirl is the guy that they have playing monel right now like monel would have been an amazing superman i i um yeah i agree <laughs> he, i think he would have been better at least yeah He's a little skinny too, um, but I, I really like him though. Like that's the other hard thing too is like, um, you know, Chris Reeves' the physique standard wasn't as as stringent as it was, but the guy wore like skin tight spandex and didn't make it look bad. So, um, and then today you got Henry Cavill, who's an absolute beast of a man uh, when he gets into that suit, um, and then you know, so putting Tyler Hicklin on screen uh, by comparison, just he looks tiny. Should we just talk about Supergirl since we're like there? <laughs> um yeah i mean i mean i don't think we really had much else to say about batgirl other than you know new 52 edgy it's, it's happening we're we're excited for it i think yeah yeah um, no i totally Sweden, fellatio uh so yeah i think we're done i think we're done covered our bases we filleted joss enough so far yeah all I right mean, he may not think so but it's not his show yeah it's true this um, is the one thing that joss whedon can't control <laughs> god damn it um, just stop writing in we're just we need our time and so we're going to talk about some stuff that ryan isn't really familiar with because he doesn't watch supergirl yeah you know i think i'm an episode ep, ep, episode or two behind the well. last one you watched was probably the musical tie-in right yes which means you did not watch last week's episode i do not which was so. kevin smith directed episode you fucker I did not watch the kevin smith episode yet I, much i'm sure of. so i'm like almost two weeks behind shit on supergirl well i mean oh, on shows well flash the, as well wait, apparently wait, wait. Was the Supergirl was was um you know I I know I watched the musical but that was Flash wasn't it? The last piece of the Supergirl episode blended into the Flash. Yeah, so I didn't even see that one yet. I know I you know. didn't watch the one that tied into the Flash. No, she just got there and I was like, well, this makes sense. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> didn't really need a lot of backstory. <sighs> I know. 
What but, are we going to do with you two? Well, we can talk about the Flash musical a little busy, bit because they, they, they Did tired. you watch the Flash musical? No, I, st- I just said that. Son of a bitch. You're on <laughs> like, your own in this. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? No. Uh, I think I did finish... Uh, I got a book from the Legion. library, and I've, I've, I've been actually like reading. What? A book. It's a book. It's a, I had to explain this to my kids, too. Like They used to put paper together, and, and they would, you know, like, I don't know, glue it or some shit like that, and then you just, you'd have no, to read No, I know what a book is. Where, where did you get one from? The, the library. Um, there's this really great thread floating around and they were like, you know, it'd be great. What they should do is they should make like a, they should make like a, a blockbuster, but for books. And then you could just go in and you could, you could rent a book and, uh, it'd be even better if like it could be free. And, and then like the, the follow-up comment is like, you just invented the library, you dipshit. And so that's what I think of every time. Yeah. No, like people don't use the library much anymore unless they need to look up internet porn. I don't usually use the library, but as it turns out, I'm too poor to buy books all the time. Um, and this is a relatively newer release that you guys won't care about at all. So I'm, we're not really going to go deep into it, but I really enjoyed. Um, speaking of feminism, it's by a, f- a, a black female author in the fantasy genre, which at this point. I so is she was... half a person or a fifth of a person? I don't understand. <laughs> is she a copper or a silver? It, I think you add it together. The whatever show does not necessarily condone comments come out of Matt's mouth. No, we don't. <laughs> Neither does Matt, really, because no. it's all tug and cheek. But still, yeah, um, that could be taken the wrong way, I guess. Now, um, <laughs> if you're a fan, of her, uh, or, I mean, if you read fantasy at all and you enjoy fantasy, um, N.K. Jemison is is her name, and Jade uh, Jonah Jemison. No, Je- I think it's N.K. Jemison. I might even be getting the last name wrong. Um, I just keep hearing J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson wrote a fantasy book. Damn it, Parker! Super good, yeah. Um, uh, and all it says over and over is, get me pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> Why does your J. Jonah sound like Vince? Spider-Man's a menace! Yeah. I don't know, because it's... They're not that different. <laughs> no. No, not really. We need to get Vince on... on, get on that, oh, my that God. That stone cold's a menace! Yeah. Um... Anyway, book book is really good. I, I read through it this last week, and but that's most of what I've spent my free time doing. I think uh, this last week, and then I've got a lot less free time because, as I mentioned, uh, well, off air, um, I got a little bit more of a commute um, by j- just a whole lot. Like, I've got a forty five minute commute each way tacked on my day, so I've got less time to do things as, I actually enjoy. As opposed enjoy. to the ten seconds it took you to get to work before, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to like rolling out of bed and and like literally being in my office, yeah, yeah. So there was a musical episode of Flash that I guess Ryan didn't watch. And uh But this... what we took out of it is that uh and and uh, and I sent Eddie a message during this and he didn't get it because I watched the Flash before him this yeah. that time was You're My Super Friend. Which is an amazing musical number that, that uh Barry and 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 uh Kara do. Yeah, so I got three things out of this episode. Um I'm your super friend. Uh Everybody is super talented on both of the on all of these shows, and everybody can sing. And uh, number three, holy God, is Melissa Benoist super hot as a '50s lounge singer? Super hot, but like, not to be too misogynistic about it, because she is fucking hot, and, and I'm not gonna like deny that. But she's uber cute, dude. Like, she's just so like stupid cute to me. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, and here's the thing: I'm a boob guy. She doesn't really have a lot of boobs, but I'm just like, she's just so cute. Like, I can't not, like... Okay, we're yeah. cutting this out. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no we're I not. never cut anything out. Um, uh, I, You know, it's safe to say she's not coming on the show anytime soon. <laughs> I just like, don't think she'd care. Um, That's kind of one of those things I don't think she'd just... Like, because you can't deny her adorability. 
no. is that a word? Adorability. Adorableness. It is now. Um, <laughs> adorability. I mean, what? What? This Webster guy wasn't anybody special. He just got to start making up words. Whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's pretty much a commonly acknowledged a facet of Melissa's various talents is that she is just out of the box adorable. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, th- this was actually, I think it was a divisive episode. I think there was a lot of people that didn't like it because of the musical aspect of it, but I thought that was actually pretty well They've done. They've been touting it since the beginning of the season, so if, like, honestly, if this episode took you by surprise, fuck you, because you're dumb. Yeah, well, but, I mean, they did a lot, uh, I think they did a lot of work to make the episode good, too. Like, they did? The episode storyline worked as reasonably well. I, I could see the hardline right-wingers being upset with it because of the whole relationship between Victor Garber and, and uh, Jesse martin's characters <laughs> that was they were pretty dope they too. were they were iris's dads yeah in the fake 50s in the, world. in the fake 50s world that they were in the oh, musical episode yeah. took place in but it was it was so fucking cool like yeah. um there was a lot of stuff in there that i really liked about that the, the fake 50s thing uh that whole vibe was kind of an interesting interesting way to go and they really um, they that's the only way they really could have done it to bring in all the different characters that are involved in that universe that can sing because like malcolm merlin was there mm-hmm. because you know why why wouldn't he be able to sing as well as everything else that he does yeah uh, i mean all i can picture is that gif of uh, a tenant going barrowman you know like yeah. getting all pissed off um yeah barrowman's awesome barrowman is awesome um but yeah everybody on the on the cast super talented basically everybody can sing and dance and uh also be super pretty and um uh talented as an actor and actress and all that kind of stuff so that was kind of depressing cuz i'm not good at anything basically but whatever yeah uh but uh the whole thing was really well done like for a musical like um a lot of the times you know like if you're doing a stage musical you get lots of time to practice and the thing's been written and rewritten and written and rewritten again and again and again and they haven't been working on that nearly as long Um, but the whole thing came across really solidly like i really enjoyed the episode it was fun overall um the the plot was fine it does actually move the plot forward a little bit for both shows it did um and and that kind of showed up in the flash the next week um as so, well as supergirl the following week if you, which you I know did, watched if, it. if anybody actually watched it whatever uh yes also like missed a big chunk of the um uh terry hatcher kevin sorbo piece I, of the story i haven't seen it yeah yeah that's a big deal like it's it's actually terry hatcher excited me like i, I was i was super excited to she always hear, excites me uh, yes you're not wrong <laughs> but <laughs> you're gonna cut out my benoist boob comments low-hanging fruit i know um Speaking of boobs, <laughs> no. Um, anyhow, uh, and then they were like, "And Kevin Sorbo is going to be on there." And I was like, "Disappointed," you know. <laughs> Which there's an explanation for that too. I don't think I've talked about it on on here, but uh, Kevin Smith, when he directed Sorbo in that, told him about that line, and he goes, "He goes, yeah, everybody says that." He goes, "But I did it on purpose, and I got it from I think it was Kevin Klein from A Fish Called Wanda does it." Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So he was. It was basically like a spoof on a movie that had already happened. That everybody just assumes that Kevin Sorbo was too stupid to read the script. So when he Kevin was, doing was it. in on the joke. And then and then yeah. So Garmin was really disappointed when he found out that it wasn't really Sorbo being dumb. Uh, I am a little disappointed too. It so, kind of takes the magic out of it. But on the other hand, I'm kind of happy for Kevin that he's not actually a, a gigantic moron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a regular sized moron. He's a right winger religious nut. Uh, so he's a right, he's a he's still he's a kind giant of a gigantic moron. moron still. But at least he's not the worst actor ever. No, and and don't get me wrong. If you're religious, that's fine. Just don't make me be your religion. 
yeah, I don't mind you being religious. Uh, I mind when you feel like I have to be too. I mean, two out of three people at this table are legitimately ordained ministers. So, you know. If anybody's going to talk about which religion we should join. Uh, it, it's it's us, right? Oh, yes. Whatever. Uh, whatever. The, the church, church of whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't believe in much, but uh, full beers and... and, and um, but we could be non-profit because of it. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this is really tangential, but I just learned the other day that it's like really hard to get actually uh, church, you know, nonprofit status these days. You, like you have to be basically uh, um, uh, uh, been around since before the 50s, which is basically just, you know, so um, Scientology and uh, what's the other one? I, I want to say Mennonites, but I don't think that's right. Mennonites have been around a long time. No. Oh, yeah. Mennonites are offshoots of, God, of uh, um, Amish. So. One of the others that are, uh, uh, anyway, another youngish religious uh, uh, sect or whatever, um, you know. So we will in fifty years we got a shot. We can go start our own religion. And get full you benefits. have to have been established for a while. Is that is that what you're saying? For certain parts of governmental bullshit, um, I, I I don't know. You know, we should see. I think we could start our own religion. We're ordained. I feel like we should start our own religion. I think we have a better chance of getting religious donations than we do of getting sponsors for the show, honestly. <laughs> we may have to. I mean, do you really think it'd be that hard to start a religion based around, you know, like beer and comic books? Um, no, I don't think it'd be that hard at all. I mean, and it, it'd be a lot better than, you know, somebody starting a Bell's Palsy fund in our name after listening to last week's episode. <laughs> for sure. Um, there was a lot of slurring last week, folks. Hey, um, hey, I'm slurring. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn it. And if you know, if that's my wife's fault, she totally owns it because, like, she was like, I just felt like having an adult conversation. And so, like, Eddie's like, Well, I feel like hammering back three Imperial IPAs while we're having a conversation. <laughs> um, it's not my fault. And um, I was like, Well, I can't let you do that alone. Yeah. And I'd already been drinking. So, you're a good friend, uh, is, is basically the point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, three, um, if, if that doesn't work though, I, I guess we could just become Jedis because I'm pretty sure that's like a registered. It, it is. Yeah. I looked it up. Like oh, a week okay. ago, can I be a minister in that church? I I, I think you can. I mean, you know, I'm already a minister, so like, uh, can I just do that? Like, like what, does that make do, me a Jedi? Do I have to? Well, I think you kind of have to build your own lightsaber first, but I'm not really sure. I'm for it. I mean, that's canon anyway. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. All right, cool. Um, so the Flash, the Flash, uh, that I did watch. The last episode was directed by Tom Cavanaugh. Yes, it was. I like that one. Yeah. We didn't we didn't really see HR in it until the very end, and I I love how like he shows up and like Cisco is like uh, the worried mother, and he's like, "Where have you been?" He's like, oh, "I met this chick, and she's in all these different positions." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's even funnier now too because I didn't realize when I was watching it this is the one that Tom directed. I believe it was. Yeah, maybe I, I'm not no, right. I but... think you're right, and and that actually is really funny because that explains why he is absent from from a large part of the show. Yeah, some people aren't Kevin Costner and just don't want to jump into a movie and direct themselves right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, so lots of stuff going on in this one. Um, Abracadabra. Uh, yeah, new villain. Um, yeah, Abracadabra is this time-traveling... Um, he's from the future, and so he does a lot of what appears to be magic, but we assume is just sufficiently advanced technology. Uh, there you go, Arthur C. Clarke nerds. Um I think that's Arthur's. Arthur's Did they mention that in the, the episode? I think maybe. Um, if they didn't, I mean, like that's an easy one. Well, they should have gotten. No, that. this was directed by Nina Lopez Corrado. 
All right, so what the, where the hell was Tom Cavanaugh? No clue. Off doing it with some chick, I guess. <laughs> Probably. They just That was what Tom Cavanaugh was really doing. And they're like, fuck it, write it in the thing. Just, yeah. Where's Tom? Guys? Uh, Guys, where's Tom? Yeah. So, um, Abercadabra shows up, and uh, he does a whole bunch of weird uh, magic-y crap, and is basically kind of running the uh, circles around Team Flash, which is kind of fun, because uh, this is another, you know, like, they are getting um the non-speedster villains are looking a little more ridiculous every time like you know the a couple weeks ago when uh barry's facing off against grod and he's like i know what i'll do i'll run straight into his shield um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm the fastest man alive i better run right into his shield uh not to mention here's my problem with cadabra he's from the 64th century supposedly yeah does anybody have any idea how far into the actual future that is a long ways. Like, Abracadabra wouldn't give a fuck about who the Flash, Barry Allen, Savitar, any of those people were. 64, 64th century is so far into the goddamn future that, like, we're lucky if people remember that Earth was a planet. You know, it's funny. When you put it like that, uh, that's probably <laughs> pretty true. true. Like, um, like it's the equivalent of, like, I gain superpowers tomorrow, and I decide, you know what? I am going to go fuck up Cleopatra's day. You know, like uh that that's that's my mission in life from here out like i gotta go fuck up cleopatra's today or you know like julius caesar or something like that like fuck that guy think yeah. he's so great founding uh you know rome or what or not founding rome but you know like leading rome and all that kind of shit yeah like it's weird that people like the 64th century okay yeah we get it it's far in the future but he could have been from like the 30th century well, i think the thing i think actually in the the tv show it mentions he's from the future but it's not that far off. He's from a few hundred years in the future. No, so. it literally says 64th century. Oh, does it? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm not wrong. Ooh. Um. So anyway, that that aside from it, yeah, he just like... Is that what we're doing with our hair in the 64th century? Because <laughs> that's all I was looking at. Yeah, and I also recognize this guy from something and I couldn't remember what. I'm going to go look it up while you tell I, me I've a little got bit it. more. I got it pulled up on IMDb right now. Okay, so he's from something that I recognized, and that that's not going to be helpful helpful at all. Um, but anyway, he uh, is David das- Tactical Testicle Mac- Man. Okay. <laughs> das Malik 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 Malchian. Good job, Matt. Definitely I'm butchering somebody's name. You. Yeah, he's from The Dark Knight. <laughs> that's and why Ant-Man. I recognize him. Yes, As The Dark who? Knight is who I'm thinking of. He plays one of Joker's thugs. In, in the dark, the dark night, night, I think he's he dressed plays, up as a uh, he's cop. Kurt. He's he's the um the 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 Eastern European guy that's part of their little club in Ant Man. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and he's going to be in Blade Runner twenty forty nine apparently. Ooh, Blade Runner! I'm excited for that. Me too. We haven't really talked about Blade Runner at all. No, we haven't. We should sometime. At some point, probably not today because we haven't done any actual you know research. No, not that we ever do. But yeah, I mean. We haven't, you know, like, read the link during the show or anything. Show uh, notes consist of me sitting in my office by myself on Saturdays going, well, what should we talk about tonight? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know. This episode of The Flash was a lot of fun because they gave Barry a challenge um, that was not a speedster villain that was still interesting and that the team had to work together to solve. So that was fun. And um, 
had a lot of good Caitlyn Julian moments in this episode. It did. It did. And I was just like, man, fuck Julian. She is going to eat you like a praying mantis after they mate or something. Or is that praying mantises that do that? Yeah. Black, Black, Black Widows. Widows. Black yeah. Widows do it too. Yeah. Black Widows do it too. I'm just like, you're not going to make it through this kiddo. Um, and then uh, we get a lot of like uh, Killer Frost tease action. Like it's, it, uh, you know, Caitlin probably being one of the most badass characters on the thing is just like, OK, we're going to do surgery on me while I'm awake with uh, still having my, you know, uh, uh, ringlet of um, Killer Frost prevention. This is this is the comic book nerd in me. Like that whole thing happened. Right. And I'm like, oh, she just has to frost up and I bet she heals herself because Iceman can do that. Yeah. <laughs> i remember the transitive property i remember in the 90s Iceman walked around and he wouldn't shift back to his human form forever because he had a giant hole blown out of his side and he's like i don't know if i'll die if i go back to human form and then he didn't like literally walked around for months and and then like emma frost was like i'm gonna fucking mind fuck you into turning back into yourself and you'll be fine i promise and he was yeah yeah awesome (laughs) so anyway but that was me i was like Ooh, this is like an X-Men comic book I read one time. <laughs> and as it turns out, that is entirely true. They were like, yeah, you can totally do that. Just frost up and you're going to be fine. And she was like, no, but I don't want, I'd rather die. And uh, so she does kind of die. And then they take the amulet off anyway. And then the cliffhanger. So here's the deal. Why didn't they just put it back on? That's what I thought, too. I was like, well, you just take it off. I mean, that's that's really the biggest plot hole in that whole episode. I'm just like, well, you guys, it's fine. You took it off. But like, yeah, as, as soon as her heart starts beating, just can't put the you just fucking put it thing back, back on, on for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you call it a day. Everybody's done. Like um, the the um, the effects that they use, though, when when she actually like went full on Killer Frost was pretty badass because she literally like dispersed herself into molecules. Yeah. And then reformed. Yeah. I like that. Too. So like it we're getting a hint that she's a shit ton more powerful than even we had seen before we are um this is really sad too because i she she's another character that is just and, and just danielle panabaker too is another you know just she's adorable woman that is yeah absolutely fantastically adorable like um and gorgeous as well like, like you, can, you if, can use both you, terms and you're not wrong if you put like her and melissa benoist in the same room together i'm pretty sure you could weaponize the adorable and and just point that at you know whatever nation's misbehaving and you know world peace within the week um and uh so i'm a little sad to see her go and if there's a way you could weaponize a tiny rock hard dick i mean there's <laughs> <laughs> whatever you know. show volunteers yeah um anyway uh uh, I'm, it's getting a little sad because I think they're gonna kind of like the what's the end game here? Are they gonna kill her? G- not kill her, but cure I really her. Hope not. Like I, I just I I kind of think she's got to go full Killer Frost, and then that's got to be the thing. I don't want her to, man, because like we've seen that in Earth Two, like we've already seen, yeah, you know, bad bad Frosty, and then we also have what's going on with the current Justice League of America comics, where she's like actually part of the Justice League and and has like turned a new leaf and is doing the right thing and whatnot really hoping we can kind of figure out and get caitlin on that plane where she's she can use her powers without going full-on killer yeah there's definitely going to be a downward i think there's got to be a downward swing there where she is full-on killer frost for a little bit and and you know the thing though here is it's like um with this incarnation of killer frost on the tv show it's not like she's like making choices um like the way that they're telling this is like her powers are tied to like sort of this evil you know sort of uh, bad part of her psyche and so uh how they solve like i guess they could just use some technological macguffin to get around that um like they uh 
I don't know, upgrade the amulet so she can be all frosty, but not, uh, uh, you know, just ice cold. All right. This is where I appeal to you to catch up on Legends. Yeah, because I'm doing such a good job with the other shows. Um, um, I did watch a couple episodes this week. So legitimately, the next time Legends is on, which I think is next week, is yeah. the last episode of the season. Interesting. So I think I'm two, maybe three behind right now. So, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to... Sp- I'm going to give you a spoiler for this most recent episode, and this is going to actually probably cause you to want to watch it even more. You get to see Felicity Spoke and her superhero costume. And you get to see Sarah Lance fucking kill her. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I, how do you think that that's going to... You get what, to when... see Felicity die. <laughs> okay. This seems so, good. Yeah. All right, that I, mean, I, I, I do want to see. Like, I, I was like, "This is how you're gonna lead." I don't understand. Now, Legends is super good this season. I don't like. I, I, I finished season one. I did do that. I'm proud of you, but you're finish. not caught up on season two. So no. I'll probably wait I for that to hit think, Netflix. Uh, and... Season two is significantly better. It's so much better. Damian Dark is such a, an amazing villain when when put in the right environment. Same thing with Eobard Thon. Yeah. So Eobard was really good in The Flash, and I think he's really good in Legends too. Damian Dark, I think, is actually probably and and Merlin a little bit. Like um, Merlin was really good as a season one's baddie, but after that, I, I just don't really like how they've used him. And and then Damian Dark um, was like the first few episodes I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then they just screwed the pooch for the whole rest of the season. Um, so I was a little disappointed because they could have done so much more with McDonough. Uh, um, and they just fucked it up. Um, they brought back uh, Snart as well for the last couple episodes. And... Oh, that's interesting. So I've been waiting to see when that was going to happen because yeah. he's obviously got that whole multi-contract deal where he mm-hmm. can show up on any mm-hmm. of the shows. So, and the most recent episode that I told you about with Felicity and whatnot is is a really um Mick-driven story. Yeah, and if you'd have told me when the series first started that like there was going to be an episode that like really played off of 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 heat waves emotions and whatnot i've been like you're a fucking moron we got that so wrong because even going back to like the first season like we were talking about oh we know somebody's gonna die in the first episode meathead and we were like yeah they're gonna kill heat wave because who the fuck cares about heat wave and then it ended up being the hawk 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 man yeah uh um and then of course you know it's totally weird because i watch the show now and i like i forget sometimes that hawk girl was even a thing yeah i don't think that's wrong either i mean she used to be a barista she probably is again so and that's fine universe is right with itself yeah um, all right, Arrow, I did not watch this week's, but I am caught up on the rest of it now, and I will say right now that uh, we're seeing some of the best stuff from Arrow that we've ever seen from Arrow. Yeah, it's n- just about up to two season two episodes at least. Um, I, again, I, I've not watched this, this most recent episode, but like it is so fucking off the charts good compared to what we've seen in the past couple of years that it's like I'm, I'm not even sure i'm watching the same show yeah so you, you the last episode you watched was the episode where ollie tells us his his secret which isn't really a secret but no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he says it and i'm like everybody knows that you yeah. dill hole like <laughs> yeah so did i um are you caught up on that uh the last episode i saw of arrow was he got captured by prometheus so that's the episode Okay. Well, well, he did got you see the one where he was actually next episode? No, I didn't see the next episode. So yeah. he's you haven't seen him like in 
cust in Prometheus's custody yet? No, so, not okay, yet. never mind. Okay, won't spoil. I won't anything, spoil the secret for but you. But I, I will say, um, Amel gives a fucking amazing performance. He's in this killer episode. in it. Yeah, yeah, like he was like tired of I guess hearing all the people bitch about his shitty dialogue in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Yeah, and decided to give us some Sean Luke Picard. Yeah, there are four lights. Yeah, that's what I that's that's what I got out of Amel during that episode. It was it was pretty badass actually. Yeah, th- this is a good episode. I will also say, um, this is uh, Adrian Chase, best villain uh, I think since Slade. Yes. Here's the thing too. Like I've been watching this show since, like all season. I didn't see that one coming. I did not see that reveal coming. I didn't. But that was him. Um, I kind of did, but only by process of elimination. Like I like the way that they set up Chase, and, and the only other thing that made me think that was um that scene with Dig when he's like. Just punch me in the face. I was like, "Well, he, he ain't no bitch, you know." Like, so he, who else is going to be the villain? That does kind of give a little bit, uh, give a little something away. But like, yeah. even still, you're not thinking like super villain. Yeah. The only the only other thing that gave it away is like, okay, who do we really have that could be Prometheus at this point? Um, because there really wasn't any other character, and I didn't really think they would like the only other like um possibility was that they were going to bring back somebody we haven't seen in a long time. Like, there was a lot of rumors going into the season it was going to be Tommy and we talked about that and we did not want that to no, happen. No, we didn't so. want that to happen. I was almost even on uh like on the page of like dude they're going to give us somebody new like it's not it's going to be introduced as Prometheus and then we're going to like see a real you know comic book villain like develop uh, out of that. And so that's kind of almost where I was expecting to go and then like Talia Algo was like no it's this dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh all yeah. right <laughs> she, she sort of see that coming she she was like that friend who like spoils the ending a little bit she's like no it's adrian chase it's fine she's like why you know yeah i'll tell you it's it's fine like she didn't bother mentioning that she was in league with him but yeah also interesting to me that they brought talia into this because more and more it's like they're like well we don't we can't do batman so let's just do batman but we'll do him as the green arrow my thing was like they've already done rosal so like what's wrong with talia being there like they had yeah. the other chick in there and i'm like really like they've also mentioned batman in arrow several times uh sort of i mean he's he's made a little bit of mention but not really it's not like like like, oh that guy in gotham or anything like that it's been very very subtle mentions i think they should have talia just make references to the detective since that's what they always call him they they should that would be fantastic i think they have referenced gotham in arrow in past seasons um, all I'm saying is this is this is legitimately some of the best era that we've seen in a long time, and I'm. It doesn't really even need a qualifier. It is good. Like well, I, I, I do enjoy the season, even forgetting, uh, um, like the I, like not even comparing it against season four, which is easy to do because it was the last season, and uh, by you know basically all standards, dog shit would look better. Um, this this is not that. This is actually legitimately enjoyably good. Here's here's the thing. I'm going to drop back to X-Men comics again, because I always do. Yep. <laughs> but this is actually pertinent to Arrow, in that when I first decided that I was going to actually like go and, and make my comic book shop hold X-Men Prime and subscribe me to the X-Men Gold series that's coming out, I didn't realize they were written by Mark Guggenheim. And then I found that out, I'm like, do, do I, I cancel it? I? Yeah. And then like now I'm like, yeah, I'll see what he can do. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my exact comment, because I hadn't caught up on Arrow yet when I went and actually told the guy to hold him for me. And the guy was like, okay, yeah, so you want this and this? And I was like, yeah, I go, 
I figure I'll see if Guggenheim's better at writing X-Men comics than he is Arrow. And the dude looks at me, he's like, won't be hard. <laughs> you know, thinking about how you tie everything back to, back to X-Men, like, I think that's got to be like a useful parenting skill. When when your daughter's like, this this boy at school was mean to me. And you're like, well, sweetie, in X-Men 253, you know, like. I'm the, just, I just, every time I'll just tie it back to like, you know, defending a world that fears and hates you. Yeah, this is a, you know, like, um, I'm sure a lot of people use the Bible in this fashion. Dude, the X-Men is a metaphor for everything in life. If you, it, like, there's, there's, the X-Men have done something. <clears throat> so you're saying, like, X-Men did it? Like, Simpsons did it? Like, X-Men did it? Yeah, probably. That's like, probably true. The X-Men probably did it before the Simpsons. <laughs> you remember that time when, uh. Except um, for, except for uh, predicting Trump's presidency. Yeah. You remember that time when Jean Grey cut off the head of the uh, town statue and uh, hit it and felt really guilty about it? Yeah. 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 Exactly that one. Um, okay. So let's close out with, uh, should we, am I, are we, do you want to talk comic books? Cause I, I didn't read them. Uh, so I will talk a little bit about Inhumans versus X Men because you were less interested in that than than yeah I else. do want to read Unworthy Thor so if you want yeah, to I talk about I won't it spoil spoiler that free I won't spoil that okay, one for you on. you're only one issue behind on that one I think so I'm, I I can't even really say anything about yeah, it yeah and the only reason I haven't read it already is because I keep forgetting and I really feel bad about that because I th- this is actually a really enjoyable all book. I'm gonna say is it doesn't end how you expect it to I expect that's the case yeah so um Inhumans versus X Men um. I used the phrase when we talked about Iron Fist, how it went out with a whimper. Yes. Kind of the same thing with Inhumans vs. X-Men. Um, obviously, there was a solution. Um, there's no Terrigen Cloud anymore, so the Inhumans are concerned that they might actually be a dying breed at this point. Um, it ends in Inhumans number 20, I believe, with Maximus, who's one of the Royals. Um, not a good guy, by any means. Um having developed he's got the recipe to make terrigen crystals though like nobody knows nobody else knows he has it except for the group that he's with um so the rest of the inhumans don't uh medusa recused herself of the throne um similar to what black bolt did so she's just kind of chilling with black bolt now um and you get to hear black bolt talk which you don't get to hear very often but part of the shit that happened to him during um his capture by the x-men muted his powers for a temporary period of time so he actually got to speak and whatnot and that was kind of cool yeah um the x-men prime is really going to do it for me like that's that's really where i'm looking at at heading toward where like what what's going to happen nothing super phenomenal happened with the inhumans versus x-men discussion like we did not get um the return of any characters that we were thinking might happen either xavier or cyclops or even like wolverine as we know him mm-hmm. um but i'm kind of expecting once the x-men are, are launched again as a thing uh maybe maybe we'll see something happen uh emma kind of had to run with her tail between her legs because it was discovered that she really did mind fuck everybody about cyclops and black bolt killing him and yeah. all that good stuff so um, kind of didn't but had to catch up necessarily enjoy that because I've liked Emma Frost as a character for a long time, and I've been super happy ever since they turned her not evil. Way back in the late '90s, when she, when they started the Generation X title, and she was one of the the headmasters of the school. Yeah, and uh, didn't really want to see her go back as a villain, but then I was thinking about it, and it was the late '90s. And I'm like, well, it's been fucking twenty years. I guess like <laughs> eventually, like things shift again. Yeah. Like, 
So who knows? Maybe in another 20 years should be a good guy again. I don't know. I'll probably still be reading comic books then. So yeah, I mean, that if thing the had to come out. haven't killed me. Yeah, that thing had to come out somehow too. Like uh, there was no way that they were not going to like use that uh, um, in, in furthering that somehow. Yeah. Um, it, if she goes back to like villainy, that'd be interesting as, as a way that goes. I just thought she was going to be, you know, in a lot of shit with a lot of characters. So, yeah. So, and the other thing that I decided to do this last week, cause you know, I don't already re- read enough comic books, although I decided I'm really going to pare down the amount of DC titles that I read. Like I'm still going to read Superman um, <coughs> and action and Batman and detective and the flash and green lantern. But like, probably that's it from now on. Like, I don't think I'm going to read a hundred titles every week or whatnot. Cause there's too many fucking comic books to come out every week right now. See, I just, I got to find more Marvel books that really like grab me. Cause there's not really a lot right now. Like I, I, I will say I really want to read this issue of unworthy Thor and then probably wherever that takes me. Um, but I, I don't have a lot of, a lot of mainstays at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I decided I wanted to reread the planet Hulk and world war Hulk stuff. I don't know that, I don't know that I actually read World War Hulk in its entirety when it was when it came out. I know I've read Planet Hulk before, and I've seen the animated movie, which is really actually faithful to the comic book story, with the exception of uh, Beta Ray Bill is in the animated version versus Silver Surfer. Yeah. For whatever fucking reason. Who um, knows? But, uh, so I just finished Planet... You think Silver Surfer actually was a uh, rights thing? I don't see how. Who made well Silver Surfer's uh, owned by Fox? Yeah, but I don't see how when yeah. it comes to animated properties how that that plays into well, anything. Well, I wonder. I wonder if they don't have like the whole shebangaboo. Maybe I, I think they do. Yeah, I think yeah. they would. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, tell us about the uh, Planet Hulk, World War Hulk. Um, so I just finished Planet Hulk. Um, the the thing about the Planet Hulk uh, animated thing is it really only covers up until they escape the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. It doesn't follow it past that. There's a whole bunch more where they're on the run and the Emperor is trying to chase them down and and uh, try and, trying to defeat the group somehow and whatnot. Um, Hulk's just too fucking powerful for mm-hmm. anything like that to, to happen. Um, I don't know, were the spikes in the animated one at all? Because I don't remember. I've, it's been a long time since I've watched it. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I, I think the spikes you. are. The spikes are like a, a parasitic thing. that They are. Yeah. Um, you meet the elder spikes. And you find out that the spikes are. Um, and and they're, they're a space uh, faring race. Like they feed off of cosmic energy from stars and whatnot. And so when they're on the ground, they don't get any of that cosmic energy and they're constantly hungry, which is why they literally feed on everything. Um, the elder spikes have learned to keep their hunger in check, but the long, but the, the small little spike spores are uncontrollable at that point. Um, and you, you end up with your main group making an alliance with the spikes to, you know, revolt against the emperor because the emperor is actually the one who's releasing the spikes on his own people, you know, for, you know, nefarious reasons as, you know, evil dictators do and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a fun, it's a fun read, uh, going through it. There's like, here's the thing. I don't want to say everything about it just because it's, it's such a good story. And anybody that's ever told you that comic books or you can't write good Hulk stories, like that's not true. 
Um, and then one of the issues in the middle of it was just Incredible Hulk number 100. It's from Hulk volume 3, uh, mind you. But it's issue number 100. It's like an 85-page book. It's a huge book. Um, there's four or five backup stories in it that you don't necessarily have to read. But the first backup story is all about Amadeus Cho. Who is, if you're familiar with current comic book continuity, he is the totally awesome Hulk at this point. But at this, you know, during the Planet Hulk, uh, Hulk series, he's not. He's he's just um, Reed Reed Richards level intelligence, um, and they they know he's a meta, or I guess that's DC. But he's he's definitely not normal. He's powered some. Yeah, he's, he's powered somehow. Um, but there's an interaction between him and Reed Richards that's just fucking phenomenal. Because anytime that you can have somebody like play mental chess with Reed and win, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a fun story. So. Um, and Amadeus Cho does become important to the Hulk storyline later on down the road. And he also is kind of the um, conscience of the Marvel Universe during this period in Planet Planet, ugh, Planet Hulk. Because they're just like, so you're his friends, but you launched him into space. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then And then, like, they're like, yeah, but he did all these things. And he's like, yeah, but then he's also saved all these people. And by the way stuff up before too like so <laughs> yeah uh, they really all have to it's 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 a fun backup story to read i don't typically read backup stories in comic books unless i'm really super invested in the in the characters um and i'm not super invested in amadeus Cho. like the most i know about him is because i read the the champions book right now mm-hmm. and and his version of hulk is in it um but this is really early on in the amadeus Cho. uh continuity so i'm i was i was really excited to read that i talked i talked already about um she hulk wearing her underwear and sleeping around and all that good stuff that's in it um and i'm I'm just past that part right now i'm getting ready to read like the the one shot that came out to introduce us to world war hulk and whatnot so cool um i'll i'll probably finish more by the time we do our next regular show i won't say the next time we record because theoretically that's tomorrow and yeah that's all wrestling <clears throat> speaking of wrestling we are going to talk a little bit about it we got some news for you and we'll be right back to talk about that all right we're back we're going to talk some wrestling we have a cherry just a perfectly awesome piece of news to start off with something that uh, is near and dear to all of our hearts and given the tragedy faced this last couple of weeks i think is even more exciting so uh that news jerry no not jerry jr uh good jim old ross. jim ross by yeah. god he's back by god um, I gotta stop clipping. That yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a slobber knocker right all over the waveform there. <laughs> By God! <laughs> By God! Um, anyway. So, uh, Jr. is gonna come back. I think he's confirmed to call at least one match for Mania. I believe he's calling the Lesnar Goldberg match, dude. Wait, all five seconds of it. I yeah, I, that's what I said earlier. It's yeah. like I'm not. I'm excited that he's commentating, but I don't think it's going to last more I'm than just, a minute and 28 seconds. I, I hope I hope uh, JR doesn't get paid for, paid by the hour because no. uh, and if he does, I hope he he at least has a 1 hour minimum because there's no way that match is going to last longer than 5 minutes. Yeah, no. I I according to JR, a new contract with the WWE is is imminent. Uh and this article came out yesterday, so this is not some kind of funky April Fools thing. Yeah. Because uh, that's a concern, legitimately, when you're having to look on the internet at all on April 1st. Yeah, April 1st is like the worst day for the internet. It really is. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, speaking for myself and I think for the rest of us too, uh, JR is a, a very big, p- big piece of um, um, the WWE to me. Uh, and have, his absence is very noticeable, in, in my opinion. And I think having him back is going to lend something that the WWE has been lacking for a long time. Look, I don't, I don't think Michael Cole does a bad job when Michael Cole is left to his own devices to, to, to call a match. It's... Michael Cole, though, the problem is, is that Vince has for some reason chosen Michael Cole to be uh, his his dog. puppet. Yeah. Um, and so he's got Vince in his ear almost all the time. In fact, there's a clip, if you look it up, that's uh, of Michael Cole getting chastised by Vince, and you can't actually hear what Vince is saying. But, like, it's it, it got caught somehow um, and recorded because when you... When you're calling a, a wrestling broadcast, like you, you can toggle your mic so that you're only talking to the to the back, yeah, where Vince is, and like literally Cole goes, "Do I have to keep saying that? Because I've said that like a shitload of times already." And then there's like this long pause, and then you hear, "Uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yes sir, uh huh, yes, yes sir, no, no sir, yes, yes sir." Like, <laughs> and that's all it is. And I'm just like, I really feel bad for that guy. Yeah, um, it's not that way with Jim Ross. Do you think? No. No. Oh, God. You, you no, think J- no. JR just goes out and calls a match? JR I think, I think is Jim like Ross says, if you want to tell me what to say, you can fucking tell somebody else what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope that's the case. Um, but I think that's maybe that's part of the point that's lacking on commentary right now is that um, you're. Spontaneity. No. Spontaneity is a big part of it. Like, J- JR just, there's an art to calling a match, I think. Um, th- this is one of those things that you think you could step out on the, like, you explain what a WWE announcer does, and you think you could just step out and do that, and you, you really can't. Like, yeah. I mean, it's we tried it here. Yeah, and... it's a fucking train wreck. Um, <laughs> and, and we're, you know, legitimately, like, I, I don't think I that show ever saw the light of day, so. I won't say that I'm a gigantic wrestling fan um, anymore. Oh, no, you're am getting a, there. I, I'm getting there. But I will say, you guys are pretty big wrestling fans. And it's not like you guys were like light and day, and you know it wasn't like Eddie should shut up so these guys can talk. It was like, oh, you guys all kind of suck at this, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It was a whole lot of, ooh, did you see that? Yeah, that sure was a move, wasn't it? Yes, I I like the way he put that boys lights out. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, you know, we probably did a better job today when we're watching the NXT pay per view than than we did. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a skill. It felt like, familiar to me watching the NXT. It's pay-per-view. it's a skill. Yeah. It's a skill to be honed, and Jr. has been honing it longer than just about anybody else at this point. Yeah. So um, there's that, and then then this just Jr. the personality, like Jr. the personality is something that's not there. It's like you know, not not quite the equivalent of like if uh, you know, say Stone Cold came back, or you know, you got a, an appearance from The Rock or some shit like that, but it's up there like he's he's a definitely a um big institution in the wwe so anybody that doesn't know this um that does want to watch or listen to jr do commentary on anything um they do the the new japan for wrestling uh replays yeah. on access tv and jr actually does do the uh english commentary for those for the cool. american broadcast so that is one place you can hear him call a match if you want to uh i gotta go with the dog in yeah bothers me that these covers for these cups are coming off and that the replacements are like 40 fucking dollars seriously it's ridiculous like, that is ridiculous just for a cover well you have to order the whole cup like this whole cup thing which you know would be fine except for they're only 90 dollars headphones or something like that so yeah, i'm i'm gonna invest in a new pair pretty quick 
I'm getting there. Like I, I have a wish list for headphones. I just I can't afford them right now. But I, I want to get it. The next set I get is probably gonna be really, really nice. Like, sit I'll funny in my queef. left ear. I'll be queefing on my little sort of set of headphones. I think I paid like ten dollars for these altogether. Really? Yeah. That's not Mad. bad at all. Like, I had a lot of store credit at GameStop, and I was just like, I, mean, I have this and fifty dollars. I did have a Turtle Beach pair of cans and i really thought like they were overpriced like when i got them i was like oh these are so good these are the best headphones ever and then as i you know like got a little bit more into sound and headphones in general i was like well i paid way too much for those um but they're not bad headphones and for ten dollars it's a solid fucking deal well these these are like a hundred and something dollar headset that i had so much store credit that i was like yeah this is what i want it doesn't have batteries it's the it's a step down from the batteries and an enhanced but i was just like this is what I want. I these were fine, and then I let my kids start wearing them when she was playing video games. Yeah, rough. rough. And I'm like, as soon as you let the four year old get a hold of your your headset, you're pretty much that's, need a new headset. I'm pretty sure that's why these cups are all screwed up. Yeah. All right. So, Jr. Back at yeah. least for occasional commentaries, things like that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I don't I think really we're going to see him like every Monday night or anything like that. No. Um, oh, but no, no. It, it, even if we just got him back for like pay-per-views or even just raw pay-per-views, like that would be a big deal and, for and, me. And JR, bless his heart, is down in Orlando right now doing everything that he had already committed to do for WrestleMania weekend before his wife passed away uh, the week before last. Um, and the reason that he gave for that it was that, that WrestleMania week was Jan's favorite time of the year and that he was going to honor all of his WrestleMania commitments, you know, specifically for her. And then for him to be negotiating a deal to come back even occasionally for the WWE at the same time, um, it really says a lot about his character as far as, you know, as a man. And yeah, honestly, this is kind of one of those things where I can't really blame the guy because he's he's JR, man. Like he's he's old enough now he's kind of entering his twilight years and whatnot jan was really all he had as far as you know somebody at home i don't think i could just stay home if if my wife passed and that's that's all i had i mean obviously i've got kids and everything like that so they're like that's a factor but like if it was just me and me and the old lady and she passed away like i'd have to keep myself busy otherwise i'd pretty much go nuts and so i think that's really what we're seeing here like different circumstances but coming from somebody that you lost close to you. That's what I did after my father passed. Yeah. That's all I did. I stayed busy for almost three years straight. Like whatever you can do to not sit there and just obsess well, on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, seeing JR back with the WWE is, is to me the way things should be. They're like, kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. It's, I, I felt awkward about his departure the last time because he was basically let go, even though um, the public facing story was that he, resigned but it was it was really like a decision where they're like well you had one job and then this happened and now you're not gonna have this job anymore but we're gonna let you say you quit kind of a thing yeah um i gotta believe that this is the right move on both their parts so uh, yeah i think so like I, I, they're they like i said peanut butter and jelly they, they go together um all right, guys. So I'm gonna tune out. Maybe read some unworthy Thor. Uh, you guys can talk about NXT and and the takeover tonight. We are gonna talk about NXT. We watched um, Takeover Orlando, uh, which is the equivalent of of a, of a pay per view for NXT. First of all, some criticisms, and Ryan's gonna be on board with me on this one. Um, NXT, not all of your young talent has to dress like a Swedish metal band. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, at least the first three matches, they all looked like they were 
just in the same group of people. Yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. Um, we're not going to talk about individual matches necessarily until we get into the the end um, end of it. I will say there was a um, there was a, a character that I've not seen before because I don't watch NXT religiously. Um, Alistair Black. Yes, was his name, I believe. Really entertaining to watch. He was. He was. He was super entertaining, especially for. He's larger. He's a yeah. bit larger. He kind of. I was telling. I was telling Bailey that he kind of reminds me of a bigger version of Vampiro. So if you watched like WCW in the in the mid nineties or late nineties, mm-hmm. um, did he come to WWE? He did, I believe. And maybe for a minute. Not long. Yeah. Um. Really underrated, Vampiro. Vampiro's a Canadian dude. Ended up moving to Mexico and like really coming up through like the the ranks at in Mexican wrestling and stuff like that. And talked for the longest time like with this weird cello accent because that's just what he was used to talking like, even though he's legit Canadian. Um <laughs> still kinda does. Like he's um he he was doing commentary for uh the Triple A's um Lucia Underground. Okay. For a long time. In fact, that's on Netflix now, too. So if you guys are interested, like you can watch the first two seasons of Lucha Underground. I have thought about checking that out. And Jesse was with me. I was like, you might like this. It's not particularly sports. Have you ever it watched has, it? Has, no. And I'm like, and it has storyline, maybe. So they film it on film. Like legit film, not digital. So it has that like grainy look to yeah. it. And it's like. it's. I, I'm not going to say it's like shot in a warehouse because i mean there it's it's big enough that you can fit people in it but it kind of looks like a warehouse and uh maybe it is i don't know um but there's definitely an audience and whatnot but it's 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 almost completely storyline driven like in the matches just kind of like happen as results of the storyline and whatnot um it's where john morrison is yeah as johnny mundo um you also see uh Ricochet, um, only he's he isn't Ricochet in in Lush Underground. His uh, his name is can't remember. The interesting thing I did notice is that they have women against men and small women against fairly larger dudes that you don't see in everyday professional wrestling. So I thought that was different. But the graininess probably brings to the warehouse effect it, a little bit. It does. It's 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 really grainy. Um, yeah, it's weird, man. Like AAA, Lucha Underground. Like it's it's a weird thing. Conan's in it. Conan. Like Conan. Like oh really? Like K Dog, old school. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. Yo yo yo. That. Let me speak on this. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Conan. He's in it. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Puma, Prince Puma. That's Ricochet's name. In, okay. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about NXT, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, so, anyway, yeah. Um, kind of reminded me, uh, Alistair kind of reminded me of, of Vampire a little bit. Put on, a, put on a, a great match. Like I And I didn't even catch the guy's name who he was in the match with. Um uh yeah i didn't either but uh but it was it was a fun match to watch like they were both larger guys but they were both all white yeah they were both pretty agile for for larger guys uh the second guy was probably about mid-size he was more like a valvina size not too large i think he was bigger i think he was closer to the same size as alistair it just didn't seem like it well alistair's fucking huge compared to him yeah um 
but where where did we really pick up we really like we really got interested during the um at least the middle part of the match because he did some kind of springboard thing that he rolled back and just like sat down and it just looked pretty well and his entrance was phenomenal too like alistair's was alistair black he he had that phenomenal like where he kind of like looked like he was coming out of a coffin kind of a thing oh yeah that was dope yeah that was pretty cool um but then, like after that match, that match was good, um, and he he ended up winning. But he was the match also we... sadly one of the guys that looked like they were from a fucking metal band. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but the match that that really captured our interest, like to to get moving in the paper, like where it really picked up, was the triple threat tag oh team my elimination God. match of the night. So again, first thing though, though, like we have uh, DIY, which is um, Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommaso Ciampa, both guys that that if you watch the Cruiserweight Classic, you're familiar with. And then we have um, the Revival. Um, fuck, what are their names? God damn it, Dawson and Dash. Yes. And first of all, the Revival. I was telling Ryan this before the, the before the match even started. The Revival, I really like as a tag team. Their heels. But they remind me so much of Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson from from old school, old uh, you know, Four Horsemen days, like way back when. Um, just a really solid uh, tag team with a couple mid to bigger, bigger size guys. Yeah, they will grab you and work a hold. Like they're they they really wrestle like an old school tag team, um, and it's so fucking refreshing compared to a lot of what we have today the spot fest and the match yeah. that i noticed in because i haven't really watched a whole lot of nxt the match that i noticed the 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 rest holds and the holds that they stay in for a while and work the crowd was the first tag team match that was like the two or three guys in the, like the, the, the swedish metal band yeah that really <laughs> weird awkward yeah uh and it is refreshing because yeah. when you look at the Raw or the SmackDown or the, all the pay-per-views, they're literally just spot fest filled with a crap ton of useless shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, this was a fun match. The It was it was a triple threat elimination. So it was DIY versus the Revival um, versus the <coughs> Authors of Pain. And I have not watched the Authors of Pain before. I, I've but, never even heard of them But they're now. they're coming out and I see this older bald guy walk out and i was like <laughs> holy shit that's paul ellering paul ellering for those of you that don't know is the manager of the legion of doom for years and years hawk like an animal yeah and he managed other tag teams as well but the one that he's most known for is is hawk and animal the legion of doom and i was like holy shit and ryan's like that's not there's it is like <laughs> it is and it didn't look like him right because, off the bat because the dude's like 70 at this point maybe not 70 but he's he's a lot older like he's he's, he's up there been around for a lot of years i did not like the ring attire uh for the authors of pain yeah um how did i describe them it was like shield mixed with big boss man and legion of doom and legion of doom yeah because they had these weird masks and they had flak jackets on when they came out um it's just all stuff they're like let's do what three people have done before and call it good yeah here's the thing though they're really solid in the ring they are. I had no problem watching them work. There was only a little bit of the match where they weren't involved, which is amazing because they're the biggest guys in the match. And so usually your bigger guys are the ones that are lay out just a little bit longer because they're and, their cardio yeah. is up, up to where the other guys are. 
especially um Gargano and Ciampa because they're they're legit cruiserweights and so they're they pretty can quick. Stay in they there can a go. While. Um but I think this match did a really good job of making making the authors of pain look good. They had oh. they they came in as the tag champs and they left as the tag champs. And, and there was a certain spot where they separated them and they had the one guy standing in the middle of the ring with the other two teams. The teams were ganging up on one team, the authors of pain. The the two teams who hate each other were working together to, to get rid of out these guys, these guys yeah. because they were doing so much damage to them. Yeah. Yeah, so they came out looking like a million bucks, I thought, in this oh, match. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I think this match was close to 30 minutes. It was a long match. It was. The spot I'm talking about is uh, the two teams ganged up on him, and he just starts throwing them around and eventually gets the upper hand on them. Yeah. Which I thought was crazy, which doesn't typically happen with a big guy. No, no. So this was this was a fun match. Um, probably, if, you, if you're asking me, it was the match of the night. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, very easily. Uh a lot of fun to watch, though. A lot of fun to watch these guys. Um, any of them, DIY, The Revival, Authors of Pain, if you get a chance to see them work. I, I This match was really good. I can only imagine how much better a 20-minute long match just one team versus one team would have been. Yeah. For me. And it could have been any of the three teams. Like It could have been The Revival... Uh, versus DIY or DIY versus Authors of Pain or Revival versus Authors of Pain. Like, it, it wouldn't have really mattered to me. I feel like what made that match so much fun for me was the dynamic and difference between all three of the teams. And typically in a triple threat environment, it's not elimination. Typically in a no. triple threat, it's like the first pinfall wins. That's that's the disadvantage of a triple threat. Is mm-hmm. Like, you can be the champion and lose without losing, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, this was elimination style. So... A little bit different. You've seen elimination style matches in four way singles mm-hmm. title, you know, uh, things, and you've seen um, elimination matches a la like Survivor Series, like the traditional Survivor Series elimination match, those kind of things. But I, I don't know that I've seen a lot of tag team elimination matches. I know that they've been there; they're just not as common. Right, right. Like I can't think of one off the bat that that sticks out. I know. You know I know, I know that them, the but... Dudley's Edge and sure because <laughs> those guys one. did everything yeah um but yeah that was a, a lot of fun a lot of fun for that match we we actually kind of marked out quite a bit during that match oh my god it, not only us but the fucking crowd <laughs> yeah yeah everybody was into it um authors of pain have heat like oh every time one god. of them would get the upper hand like just the whole place erupts in booze and it's not like we're booing roman reigns booze it was like we're booing these guys because they're the fucking heels and we hate them yeah so and it's not like they were showboating for it either no it was just they flat out hated these guys and that is when you know you were over as a heel yeah for sure um let's talk about the next match the next match was for the women's oh we should mention that um all the all the titles got new new belts tonight i noticed this thing in the tag match they brought out new belts it's like oh well these belts look really cool why don't all the other fucking belts in the wwe look like this <coughs> and it's the old titles i'm like these ones look sweet then they reveal the new ones and i yelled to matt as he's taking a piss i'm like these ones are better <laughs> yeah no um they they really do look nice um and then uh, we got the women's match and then we see regal standing in the ring before the women's match and so we're like oh i bet they're getting a new belt too and they were um, and their belt looks nicer as well. I mean, they, they didn't have a bad looking belt either. It was not as nice as the, the old tag team belts that Ryan was just talking about. No, it was a little more 
diva title-esque, except without the ridiculous butterfly. Right. Which, to me, is still a little acceptable, but a little... Yeah. The, the, yeah. New, one's, the new one's nicer. I, I definitely like the new one quite a bit. Um, this match was interesting. Like um, Ryan, I don't think, has seen a match with Asuka before. I have not. Um, either then, one of them, actually. I've yeah. never seen either one of them wrestle. Asuka and... Um, uh, something moon uh ember moon ember moon ember moon yeah okay um both ladies actually put on a really really fucking good show the nxt i think is is responsible for the women's revolution that we're having in, oh, in wrestling right now me. uh because that's that's where charlotte came from and, and becky lynch and sasha banks and bailey and and, uh, and alexa bliss mm-hmm. and these are the these are the women that are out there that are actually getting in the ring and performing really really fucking interesting matches like they're it's not just for show um they're they're actually making um making matches that that are interesting to the audience in general that we want to see story. And we haven't seen that since the the days of Tristratus and and lita. Uh, lita a little bit with uh with beth phoenix the the things that i watched with her I, ryan and i were talking about this earlier because she was inducted into the hall of fame uh last night and uh we were just like, well, she wasn't there that long, right? And then we both realized that, like, she was there for quite a while. It was just during a period of time when we weren't really watching the product a lot. Yeah. So, um, once they started listing out all of the different accomplishments and everything like that, I'm like, yeah, I guess she probably was there a little while. Oh, yeah. So, um, but, uh, this match was brutal. Asuka, oh my God. I don't ever want that woman to kick me. No. I mean, I'll probably never be in the same room with her anyway, um, but just on the off chance, like I don't want her to kick me ever, because she's. I'm gonna give it a shot to see if I can just take it. She's she's tough, man. Like she's she's one of those like thoroughbred Japanese wrestlers, like made a name for herself in Japan and like came over and like you don't see women um, wrestle strong style a whole lot here in the states. No. Um, and and she certainly does. And Ember Moon, to her credit, like gave right back in a lot of situations oh, yeah. like this match really could have gone either way um we don't watch nxt enough to really know if there's a, le- a legit heel versus baby face in that match um oscar did throw the ref into the ropes to to knock ember moon <laughs> off the top ropes at one point and which is kind of a heel move but at the same time like i don't know like i don't think anybody cared no and you even mentioned like by using the ref that way shouldn't it she had been disqualified but i think you might have said that you thought that she had like hit the ref no she legit just threw him yeah ragdolled him right into the ropes and whatnot and so that's why i'm just like uh how they how they doing this <laughs> like although it's thought i thought that that particular spot was a little weak because oscar was right next to the ropes she could have done the same she could have she could have stood up and, and done it but or just leaned on them. a la Shawn michaels <clears throat> yeah i just but I no, I thought the spot worked pretty well. It just it to me it was just one of those things that I was just like, well, if she's a heel and she does that and gets disqualified, then well, she retains the belt anyway. Yeah. Right. So, and that's that's fine. Um, but it was it was a really well structured match. Um, both women I think sold really well. Um, I do think we're kind of running into the situation right now where the women's matches that we're seeing are so great that every time that they come out to do another match, it seems like they're starting to do things that are maybe not as safe. And to me, I would much rather see them do, I want to see them do impressive things in the ring, but I also want them to actually be safe. 
Um, yeah. Because I want these women's careers to not be over in a couple of years because they, you know, deliver too many missile drop kicks and land awkwardly too many times. It's, um, that's more of a Becky Lynch thing. She does missile drop kicks and she doesn't do them as often anymore. But, uh, <laughs> Charlotte though, Charlotte's one of the ones like on the main roster. You watch her and she's she takes all kinds of chances. Her and Sasha, if you put them in a one on one match, like <laughs> at some point somebody's almost gonna die. Yeah, the Hell in a Cell match they had. At Survivor's no Hell in a Cell pay per view. Forgot that's a crappy pay per view. Uh, that they, was a great match though. It was a good match, but it it's just like why are you doing this? Because you're probably gonna botch it at some point. Like just just don't don't yeah. put yourself in that position where you where like your career could be over. Like there was a guy that I was reading, I can't remember whose book it was, um, but something with the Hardys. Uh, somebody told Matt and Jeff he's like. Hey, limit the bump. Limit your big spots and bumps that you take because you only have so many in you. Yeah, and I don't know if they. I don't been know that taught... Jeff listened. Oh, definitely not. I think Jeff's on borrowed bumps at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt's probably coming close. <coughs> He's been a little safer, but not not much. Yeah, um, I. I still enjoy watching the Hardys wrestle. Like I, I haven't seen a ton of their stuff that they did with TNA with the broken gimmick and stuff, but the stuff I have watched has been really, really fucking fun. Hey guys, what's up? I finished Unworthy. What'd you think? I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's so good. It is, isn't it? It isn't what I thought it would be, though. I told you. No. <laughs> All right. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, I just I like the part where he's like, "Well, I could pick up the hammer, probably, but it isn't mine, so whatever." He's just like, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah, no, I'm good. I don't like that whole time, like he's going insane and almost beating the shit out of Beta Ray Bill to take his hammer. Like, and then he's like, "I'm good." I'm five fine. I- five issues, and basically we got is like he's a strong, powerful thrower. Don't need no hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He see, he doesn't need the suit. He doesn't need the suit. See, Spider Man. You you just any one of the Avengers could tell you like it's not about the suit. Yeah. So anyhow, um, <laughs> so the last match. Oh, Oscar retained. I guess we should mention yes, that she did. That was the ref bump in particular that we're talking about because she used that that to her advantage and then <laughs> and then got the got the win. But um, the last match was for the title um, for the NXT title. It was Bobby Roode versus Glorious. Uh, <laughs> shut up versus uh, <laughs> Shinsuke. <laughs> Shinsuke was challenging. This match was kind of awkward um, in that Bobby Roode can wrestle most styles. Yes, but Bobby Roode. Is definitely more suited to um, the kind of environment where he can grab somebody, work a hold for a while, and do that kind of thing. And Shinsuke is totally not. Shinsuke is more, he's strong style. Um, there's a little bit of technical aspect to it, but really, like, he's going to kick you in the face. Yeah, he's uh, and he's quick. And he's, he's quick and stuff like that. I'm not saying this was a bad match. There were some things that could have been sold better um, by Shinsuke. Um, and, the, and the pacing of it to me was off at times the pacing was off and it was like we didn't really get into it until probably about five minutes before the finish maybe 10 minutes before the finish um and it was a really long match it was like 25 minutes or something like that it felt longer than that to me um so but it was it was fun i really enjoy watching bobby Roode work yeah the guy is the guy is amazing um his entrance is as much as the song is probably going to be stuck in my head for the next three days like it it fits his character so well and he's the first character besides Charlotte that I that has like come out in a full robe that I think can get away with it and also try and use the figure four. Do you think if he goes to the main roster they might become like 
they might put them together. I I would hate to see them do it because they're both so strong on their own. They are, but they could be like this the new age like but how? Stephanie Triple what? H. Except, no, I don't see that happening. Except Charlotte can wrestle. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't really see either one of them needing it. They don't. Like Steph, Steph was a really good manager type role. But Charlotte wouldn't be that. Neither one of them needs a manager, really. And like Charlotte's got Dana Brooke right now. I don't know how long that's gonna last either, but you Hopefully know, we'll not see. Long. Um it Yeah, I don't I don't see either one of them benefiting from it. No, I think good. I just really want to see two <laughs> good awkward come out positive voice. I I'm just thinking of like what I wanna see is okay, really what I want to see is two two badasses come out in robes. I you know, it might be cool to do once. I don't see it being an ongoing thing. Oh no. That's that's my <laughs> That's that's my take on that. Um, Bobby Roode retained over Shinsuke. Um, the finish was kind of awkward. It was weird. It was. Um, Bobby delivered one of the most phenomenal spine busters that I've seen in a long time. And Only Shinsuke landed weird. Fucked it up. So, <laughs> so like he landed on his ass instead of his back, and I'm just like, um, that's not how you're supposed to take that bump, Shinsuke. But it looks so pretty too to begin with. It did. It did. Um. But Bobby's got a good arsenal. Like he's got the figure he four. He's got that spine buster. He's got that weird, that suspended DDT thing that he does. It's just fucking like instead of just like a smooth DDT where somebody like kind of falls over forward. Like they're like, it's almost like a jackhammer DDT. Yeah, they kind of like it's. They're vertical for a minute before he drops down and drops it's them right like on their the fucking head. It's almost like the impaler that Edge used to do yeah. back in like two thousand one. Oh, the impaler was dope. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's just fucking smooth he does the um uh the backstabber like like carlito like carlito yeah <clears throat> um which if you're familiar with jericho's codebreaker it's the same but it's On inverted the so the, so yeah the guy's backward nice when he does it like so he does it from behind instead of in front um i'm i'm expecting good things out of bobby Roode. he retained the championship so obviously we know he's not coming up to the main roster like I'm right so away glad they got rid of that fucking ugly ass um, belt and they did replace the the men's championship as well that's the thing is the women and the men's belts look very similar now it's just the, the women's belt's slightly smaller yeah and so which i don't know are the women's titles smaller yes they are on the main roster they are because it's like okay you take the men's belt and you put it on the woman it, that well, takes up the their thing is the thing is torso. the thing yeah. is is Alexa Bliss is the champion right now, and all all things look huge <laughs> on Alexa Bliss. So you're not wrong. I'd like to think I'm not wrong, but I mean, like I, I can think of one thing is, that's probably still not huge. When Alex, can, Alexa's belt is it's just made out of like a uh, like a thimble. Yeah, they just cut the bottom out of a thimble. They could and take like the belt from it. like Toys R Us or Kmart. Yeah, she's that. she's got the kids belt. Yep. So anyway, that's our NXT coverage. Um, fun pay per view to watch. They only do them a few times a year, um, rather than having one every single month or now two times a month, like like we get with the split roster. And, and this is the first one I've seen, and I can already tell you that I'd much rather watch this than Raw. NXT is fun, and it's only an hour long too. I don't keep up on it right now because I don't even keep up on the main roster shows at this point, and. It's just because, like, so if you watch Raw, that's three hours. If you watch SmackDown as well, that's two hours. So you're looking at five hours already. So then the next night is is NXT night, and that's another hour. So then by the time between like Monday and Wednesday, in. you've got six hours of wrestling Ugh. in. Jesus Christ. And that's, that's, it's hard to keep up on that. <laughs> All right, so, guys. Enough wrestling. Let's talk some wrestling. Yeah, let's talk. WrestleMania. All right. So is this is tomorrow. This is where you're going to hear it, guys. 
this is where you're going to hear our predictions for tomorrow. Um, instead of tweeting them out before the match like we usually do, they'll be here. And you guys probably won't see this because I don't think Eddie will get the show edited tomorrow. But. I'll be advanced wrong. Well, yeah. you'll probably hear this before. Like, I'll edit them in sequence. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if this is the exact order, but so two, we have two kickoff matches. We have uh, Neville versus um, Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. Neville retains. I don't know. Austin Aries is badass, and he's been on the shelf for a long time with an injury. So I, oh, really? I don't yeah. put it past them to put the belt on Austin Aries at this point. And he's see, I don't even know who he is. I just phenomenal. picked a name I knew. Austin Aries is badass. Okay, he is badass. So I want. It could honestly go any either way. I I want Austin Aries to win. All right, I'm on board. But again, and they're both heel heels. Right now, right? They're both heels. They're is the thing? Heels. Yeah. Well, they. Austin Aries was a heel, so I don't know what they're going to uh, do now. See, it, after an injury, that they could bring him back face and then have him take the belt for a little bit. They, that, that, they could, yeah. But a lot of baby faces are more effective when they're chasing rather than when they have. Yeah, the belt. we talked about so, that before. Uh, I am going to go with Neville only because I would like to see this feud go longer. I'm taking the contrary position. <laughs> I'm going to say Austin Aries because Neville will always have a rematch. So that's true. All right, next match. Uh, Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal. Braun Strowman. Strowman. Yeah, they yep. they really are trying to get Strowman over, and I think that that's probably not going to change for Mania. I think Mania is probably a, a, a big push for him. So I'll go you one further. I think Strowman, but I think it comes down to the last two in the ring are the Big Show and Strowman, and I think Strowman's going to go over. Uh, no. Yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Uh. Raw Tag Team Champion Triple Threat Ladder Match with Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Cass and Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, Enzo and Cass. I'd really like that to happen. They they've been they've been they, they have been, been chasing, chasing the belt for, for a so long, long time, and I think they kind of got to get the belt at some point. So yeah. Mania is the this Mania's could the place be their WrestleMania moment. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Enzo and Cass. I'm gonna say that if this is the time that we see the Hardys make their debut it's in the cool. WWE, it's during this match. I com- that I completely agree with. Yes. So, oh, all right. God, that makes me want to go Luke Gallows and cuz I would love to see those those two tag teams go at it Hardys and Gallows. There's no reason then... you can't see it anyway. Oh. Somebody's got to be a number 1 contender. That's true. This is true. So, this is true. Um, right, what else we got? SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss uh, coming to defend her championship against all of the female SmackDown Live superstars who are available to compete. Damn. Damn. So that is... All of the SmackDown life? So it's not going to be Nikki Bella, I don't think, because she's in a match no. later on in the card. <coughs> but that leaves Natalia, I believe. Uh, Naomi. Carmella. I don't think Naomi. There's... Carmella's a maybe for me. Naomi won the championship at the last pay-per-view for SmackDown. Yeah. I have a feeling if they wanted her to have the belt at WrestleMania, they'd have kept it on her until so WrestleMania. I. So I think that's out. Um, Carmella's probably an out. I don't think she's got enough invested in the ring. Then again, here's the thing. I haven't watched the product weekly. Did you say Nikki Bella? Nikki Bella's in a match later on with John Cena. So That's not super likely, but it's possible. I'm, I, I don't think so, though. I'm, I'm thinking Alexa retains. Yeah. I think that's possible, yeah. Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin for the Intercontinental Championship. Dean. 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 Yeah. Same. I don't know, though. This could be Baron Corbin's time to shine. 
he won the Andre Memorial Battle Royal last WrestleMania, and now he's challenging for the Intercontinental title this cool. WrestleMania. So that's a good point. It's it's one of those things that could go either way. Um, How's his mic work, though? You know, I haven't seen his mic work lately. He he answered some questions on the red carpet at the Hall of Fame last night, though, and came across really well. Cool. Mm. Like, came across very genuine. Then again, he wasn't necessarily, quote, in character when he did it, but... See if I was a superstar, I'd be in character at all times on camera. They don't want you to do that anymore, though. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> they don't want you to do that anymore. That's that's, that's sad. I know. <laughs> um, next match, Jericho versus Owens. Owens. United States Championship match. Owens. Jericho's leaving, so we kind of have to have yeah, Owens yeah, go it's over this be one. Owens. Yeah. I mean, I you don't have be, to. I bet I mean, it's going to be a hell of a match, though. Oh, yeah. I bet it's going to be a hell of a fucking match. I agree. Um, Raw Women's Championship, Fiddle 4-Way. We got Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha versus Nia. I don't think you have a flair in a women's title match at WrestleMania and not have her go over. I was going to say, gonna, I, I think say Charlotte. Say Charlotte. It's got to be Charlotte. I also am predicting a heel turn for Sasha. I'll give you that. I think it's Sasha that causes Bailey to lose to <coughs> Charlotte. Um, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. The Commissioner versus the Phenomenal. AJ one. Styles. If it's what you're telling me, it's got to be Styles. There's no way they're not going to have Styles go over. AJ AJ's probably going to go over in this they, one. They make Styles look too weak if he loses to Shane. Unless there's some sort of outside interference or something like that. They could I'm, do it. I'm going to predict that Shane takes a horrendous bump. I mean, somewhere he does every that. single fucking match. He's, especially I mean, he the big could ones. fall off that like loop-de-loop thing up there somewhere. Like, is that not... Is That, that shouldn't even be a really a prediction. But um, All right, next match is one that I think should be higher on the card than it is, but it's not, so I won't bitch too much. Seth Rollins versus Triple H. I think Seth goes over. I think Seth goes I, over too. Yeah. As much as I love Triple H, I'm gonna have to say Seth. Here's the reason I think the last match needs to be higher on the card. Next match, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. That's a gimmick match. I, you're right. The other one should have been higher. I on think the card. Miz goes over. I think. I think. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I think I don't care either. I don't, I, yeah, I don't. I don't really understand the feud because I haven't been watching SmackDown, so I don't. I don't know what's driving the match. I'm so sure we'll see the video package I've, beforehand that might change minds. But what I've gotten so far is they want to show who's the super power couple. The power couple, the real power couple in the uh, yeah in the WWE. That's what I've gathered. It almost even wouldn't surprise me if they had Maurice go over Nikki. Is there any, um, there's nothing on the line for this match. There's a scrudge. Ah, yeah. I kind of want to lean, I kind of want to lead Cena, Cena and, 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 uh, Nikki, because, I mean, just that, that seems to be the, like the way it should go, but I don't know. I'm going to go Miz. Yeah. Yeah. Miz and Maurice. Miz and Maurice are going to win, I think. All right. I don't think there's any reason that John Cena has to win another match at WrestleMania at this point in his career, so. And I think it'll really actually give Miz a good rub if he wins. I think you're right. He needs one. Miz is he's he's had such a phenomenal year. Like the matches that he's had with Ziggler, and then now is his feud with Cena. Ziggler's not put... even on this card he, unless he's in the Battle Royal. Like that's kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, I I would have much rather have seen another Miz versus Ziggler match. No, yeah. Ziggler oh. versus AJ would be sweet. Or Ziggler. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, next match, Undertaker versus Roman. They're going to put Roman over. I have a feeling you're probably right. And if they do, at least have the dignity to give him a heel turn. Otherwise, that's, just fuck you, Vince. That's I, my thing. That's my thing. If if Roman goes over, he can't do it without without cheating and, yeah. and turning himself heel at this point. Yeah. 
Or even if he loses the Undertaker. Unless you're not interested in protecting the Undertaker at all anymore, which... Fuck you if that's the case, because yeah, seriously. I mean, the guy's done so much for your company. If you're not going to protect him that yeah. much, then it's Just, not worth it. Jesus but. Christ! And besides that, that's what the fans want too. Like at this point, either let Roman fuck off into the sunset or turn him heel and see what he can do. Um, because he he just just you stop trying to run him his face. Nobody wants that. Yeah. All right. Next match: Goldberg versus Lesnar, Universal Title. This is uh, actually kind of a tricky one for me. I kind of want to say it's going to be um, Goldberg. Smart Money says Lesnar wins this. Yeah. But at the same time, there's been a lot of talk about Lesnar maybe not being interested in fulfilling his contract. Um, and Goldberg's gotten a really huge pop. He being has. Back. And, and that's kind of the only reason I'm leaning that direction. I don't even know that he stays if he wins. I think you know maybe he retires as champion and they have to have some kind of tournament to determine the new champion or whatnot. Um but I really like since the smart money's on Lesnar, I wouldn't put it past Vince to to go the other way. <coughs> yeah, I think that's that's probably true. Like I, I kind of lean towards Goldberg because, like you said, he has gotten a major pop since he's been back. Secondarily, I think Lesnar is sort of like I, I, I'm not interested in him at all, and uh, um, I don't really want either of these guys carrying the belt. Um, so I, I think if, if it was Goldberg and then he retires and goes for like a tournament style, you know, whatever, that would be a, a decent way to go. But I don't really see how they keep the belt on either of these guys for more than a couple weeks. Um, uh, because that's just boring. There's no stakes at that point because, uh, um, and if, well, if Lesnar wins the match, then, you know, he's going to have the belt for at least the next fucking four months. Cause he's not going to show up on TV. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that again, that lowers the stakes for the overall product. And, and let's just face it. Like both of these guys are very, very part timers. Like I get while they're, why they're pushing them at mania, but, um, they really shouldn't be doing that as part of the normal product. I wasn't happy. The fact that they put the belt <laughs> on Goldberg to do going into WrestleMania the match is already big as it is. The basic story of this is, okay, smart money's on Lesnar. The story being Goldberg's gotten him over since WrestleMania Lesnar's 20. never beaten yeah, since Goldberg. It's, so. it's kind of like the Rock-Austin storyline leading up to WrestleMania 19. The Rock's never beaten Austin at Mania here's, until 19. Here's why I think you can have Goldberg go over in this. It's an apology on two fronts. Like, you can apologize for ending the, the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak by having Goldberg legitimately be undefeated against Lesnar lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. You can also kind of make up for the horseshit um, loss that Goldberg suffered back in WCW with the, the, the cattle prod and Scott Hall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can legit make Goldberg, like, the guy that that had a streak, at least, at retirement. Like, he won... Yeah, against Lesnar all those times and didn't lose the belt. Like I, I really don't know how this was, how this one's going to go. It's hard for me to predict this at all. I haven't watched the build up either. Again, we'll watch WrestleMania tomorrow. We'll see the video packages and maybe this maybe they'll change our minds. You know, watching I, I lean, the things I go lean in, but... Goldberg, but when it comes down to it, like it's it's a total crapshoot for me. Like neither one of these guys, I think, I really have it really do a lot for the brand. Either one of them carrying the belt. Um, <laughs> neither one of these guys. You know, honestly, this match just isn't interesting to me. Like, these both, at this point, these guys are both just squashers. They don't really work. Um, I don't know. I, I feel I like, I feel like they should have left it, it at SummerSlam. Kind of, yeah. Was it SummerSlam? Survivor, Survivor Series. Series. I feel like they should have left it at Survivor <laughs> Series. The Rumble match was just kind of whatever it was. And then, obviously, because of the fact that nobody honestly cares about who wins between these two... Like, they wanted to put the belt on one of them to make it more interesting going into it. And it's really not. 
And no, yeah, it's it's just kind of one of those things it, where it's, it's just, just a like, reason why they can put him on the main event. Yeah, Seth Rollins is going to be challenging for the title again pretty soon. Finn Balor's coming back pretty soon. That's a wild card that we haven't even talked about yet. Mm-hmm. But Finn Balor's been wrestling dark matches at house shows, so you know he's he's okay. He's healthy. Um, so you just don't know how this one's going to go. Um, I, again, I'm I'm with Eddie, kind of lean Goldberg on this, but at the end of the day, like whichever way it goes it goes there's nothing we can do about it and and it and when it comes down to it it just really doesn't matter either way like, you really have to figure out how you're going to get the belt off of whoever wins this match yeah to put it on the guy who's actually going to carry it for a while so <laughs> yeah um yeah. all right final match bray wyatt versus randy orton i'm going bray wyatt bray i think so too randy orton's been the champion a number of times I think a really solid match between these two solidifies Bray Wyatt as a guy who can carry the belt. Yes. Not only that, but fans have been wanting Bray Wyatt to hold the belt for a very long time. I, I think it goes way beyond fan service, though. I think really a, if the two of them put on the kind of match that I think they're both capable of putting on, this legitimizes Bray Wyatt. Like, more than just giving him the belt and letting him keep it for a while, like, this legitimizes him as, as, as a legitimate champion uh, that has to be contended with at some point. Um, and sets up a really good option for having like Bray Wyatt versus AJ at some point. Um, even Bray Wyatt versus Cena, because they're both big fucking linemen. Yeah. You know, like just. They should both just get in a three point stance and run at each other at some point. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That, you don't you want sumo spot? wrestling yeah. again? Was that? Remember the sumo wrestling match that Big Show had at WrestleMania? God, oh, yeah. we just yeah. saw that in like a video package for another match we were watching the other day, and it's oh, terrible. Was that when we watched the Angle Benoit match? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, and then um, also gives me bad flashbacks of when Steve Mongo McMichael was wrestling in WCW, and that's all he did was drop to a three point stance and knock people's legs out from under him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyhow, these are our. Semi predictions, I guess, yeah, since we weren't really solid on th- half of them. This has more potential to be <coughs> um, unpredictable than several of the last pay per views that we've called. Yeah. So, especially the last one. The last one we were like well, seven out of eight or some shit like that. Well, the last so. SmackDown one, what was it? Chamber? Yeah, that was the last Ch- SmackDown yeah, we, we, we pretty we much nailed. S- no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We sucked. We sucked at that one. It was. Oh, um, it was the, it was the fast one before lane that. that we, fast lane. Fast lane. Yeah. yeah. Fast, fast lane. lane we rocked. Yeah. Out of its gourd. All right. Chamber. Was um, terrible. Here's okay. Just want to throw these names out there. The Hardys. Finn Balor. Shelton Benjamin. All wild cards for many, I think. Yeah. Okay. All what healthy. Ratio, what ratio do you think that they'll show up? Hardys. Under. Under or over five? If the Hardys are showing up, and I mean, if they're if they're coming to WWE, I think they show up tomorrow. Like, I say I say over five for Hardys. Yeah. Um, Shelton doesn't necessarily have to show up at Mania. Shelton can show up at SmackDown on Tuesday. I I'd prefer SmackDown. I mean, obviously he can go to either show. Um, Finn Balor, I don't know that he gets involved in a match, but I think we see him in some capacity. Um, another name too that Eddie's not even familiar with, probably, but we saw him at the NXT oh, event yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Nope. Don't know who also is. wrestled at TNA I under Drew Galloway. Um, nope. Got they they showed him in the audience and legit put his name on the screen when they wow. showed him. So like, 
something's going there. I, th- I think if something's going to get a pop at Mania, it's going to be the Hardys. So if I, it, like you said, if if the Hardys are coming back and if that's a done deal at this point, I think bringing them back tomorrow at Mania is probably the way to go. None of the other guys. I don't necessarily see Finn Balor coming back. You know, I, I could see him making an appearance, but uh, same thing with Shelton. I could see them making an appearance, but not really coming back on Mania per se. Balor, I think we see a, an appearance. Like I think he's actually at the building, and you see him. Yeah. Um, Shelton wouldn't surprise me if it was just a vignette. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's possible. He was but going it, to SmackDown originally, so I like, assume that would still be the plan at this point. Like you said, I, I could I could see Shelton on SmackDown, and and I don't see him necessarily needing to come back at Mania. So bringing him back on on, on you know regular SmackDown programming is fine. So yeah. All right, that's the show for this week. You can tune in to another show, which is probably coming out right after this one, practically. Um, we're going to talk all about WrestleMania. You get full WrestleMania coverage tomorrow. I may or may not be here because I have a family who makes me do things. Um, I'm but sorry. if I'm not here, you're going to have our regular intrepid host, uh, Matt. Uh, Ryan's going to be here covering Mania with him as well. Also be Bryce. And yeah, will. Bryce is probably going to be showing up too. So you're going to get your your dose of Mania coverage, sans me or whatever. Let's um, let's 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 be honest about how everything's working too if eddie shows up tomorrow it's out of the prospect of voodoo donuts it it, that could be um anyway if you want to tell us why or why we uh, why our predictions are right or wrong you can find us on twitter at whatever show yeah i'll be tweeting during wrestlemania um i'm sure eddie will if he's here as well because i usually make him yeah uh but uh, you can also follow us at facebook.com slash whatever show. Yeah. And you can also send us emails, questions at whatever.co, questions at whatever.co in case you speak English. You can give us money to talk about your product. Yeah. Sponsors at whatever.co. Yeah. And we will be here next week. Um, also, tomorrow, you know, WrestleMania coverage. We'll be back with the regular show um, a week from today, approximately ish. Corsair, if you happen to catch the uh, the episode tonight. Um, I could really review the product a lot better if I had one in my hands. I'm just so throwing that out there. So could I. Um, um, my video card has been dead for a while, which means I'm due for a whole new rig. So um, if you need me to review your product, I, I'm i I'm, you know really good at this kind of thing. And Nintendo, I'm still waiting for that Switch. With a pro controller. I'm not an animal. Yeah. All right, ladies and wilds. gentlemen, we will see you next week. Later.